everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? Uh, not Indiana Jones, Stuart Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> you really threw him there for a little... <laughs> that was the funny guest thing I was talking about. <laughs> not Indiana Jones Sr., Richard. And another, and our, and our other special guest. I think he's dumbstruck. <laughs> you still there, Nikki? Oh, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can, I can hear, hear you, now. you now. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and our fourth guest, Nikki Scott. Yay! All right. Leave all that in. All that stays in. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> None of that is faded. <laughs> oh God! Before we get too far, one thing I want to say: you be this has had. And we have recorded over 50, this will be our 56th or 57th episode that we've published. And this has been the most issues we have had before we started, that, since, like, since we started doing this. My God. Have, there's always something. <laughs> there's always something, like, super tiny, usually. <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, it just goes to show in 2019, technology still is far from perfect. <laughs> just like, all right, let's just start a simple, a simple Skype call. Nope, everything's broken. Well, that's, what did they say in Spaceballs? Even in the future, nothing works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's accurate for this freaking show sometimes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right. Um, Stu, do you want to inter- introduce the lovely game we're going to be talking about tonight? Sure. We are playing. I think this was my pick as well. We are playing Tomb Raider 2, the 1997 game. A, the second in a series that I really liked and then kind of liked and then was really annoyed by it for a long time. And now I love again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and now I kind of like. It. Uh, and oh, there will be spoilers for Tomb Raider too, but that doesn't matter because this game and came out in the nineties. Yeah, and it's over twenty years old. It's gonna be uh, uh, nothing should be spoiled by now. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Lara Croft is the Tomb Raider, <laughs> <laughs> and a damn good-looking one too. <laughs> well, this was when this the second game was like. Actually, I I remember reading the. Uh, like the head developer for the first game left because for the second game they were like they were like oh we got to sex her up a little bit and he was super against it so he just like walked out <laughs> and then like the next eight games that came out they just i mean anybody who's over the age of let's say 25 probably remembers walking into like EV games or GameStop and at some point seeing just a giant poster or more likely cardboard cutout of Laura Croft <laughs> it's just like the most over the top <laughs> check out these sexy polygons <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Really? But yeah, in this I game, I've never played this game until this episode. Like I had somehow I had stayed away from all the original Tomb Raiders, which I was okay with that. And <laughs> this was the first one I ever really I've ever played of the original. But as I as I do some episodes, I do have I do kind of want to go over like what our for for those that for us that had played it long before this episode came out. I know Nikki is a big fan of this game. That's one reason why he's joining us tonight. Yep. Yep. <laughs> What was your when did you first play this? Uh, I actually played it back in 1997 when it came out. I got it that year for Christmas. Did you get it on uh, PlayStation or Windows? <laughs> no, I got it on PlayStation. I got it. It was like down for my brother. So it's right. This is one of those old games that you had to go back and get on uh, floppy disk. <laughs> no, you never would have gotten this on floppy disk. No, this is way too late. CD-ROM. For that. CD-ROM. This actually probably yeah. was pretty. Pretty early. When did like games start doing the CD-ROM hard? Well, that's probably around this time, right? If only we had Google. I'm looking. Probably, it up. yeah, probably about yeah, this time because 
Sierra started doing the games on CD-ROM about mid nineties. I don't. I think they stopped doing the C, uh, uh, three and a half floppies. And let's face it, the games were getting more and more expansive. For uh, our younger viewers, CD-ROM was the technology of the future. It was like a <laughs> floppy disk, but bigger and easier to lose. <laughs> oh, ninety-three. And when if you dropped it on the floor, it would get scratched, and it would be impossible to use forever. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's not true. You can play true. most that's of the game. True. But then one level would be, like, super fucked up. <laughs> All right. But, like, yeah, this was my first time ever playing this game. And I, for the first level, like, you, when you start off in China, and that even in the intro tutorial, I was saying, fuck you, Stu, a lot to myself. <laughs> and no one else could hear me, because I was just like, what the hell? Like, I mean, for those that haven't played this game, this is like you take Resident Evil, but you give Jill the ability to jump over things and have to jump over things. And you still have the same type of controls. And I just, yeah, I'm not a fan of tank controls in the first place that much. But you put, you, I can handle them when I'm in a horror situation fighting zombies. I cannot handle them when I'm in a situation with freaking bullet sponges trying to kill me. Yeah, that was, that was a surprise <laughs> when I first played two, and I played one before I played two. And, that was a drastic difference. Tomb Raider 1, the first level, it eases you into the game. Tomb Raider 2, they, you're, you're supposed to be familiar <laughs> with it, so you get to you get a slight easy part, and then, yeah, keep running, keep doing, keep reacting. Oh, you died. Just restart, redo, redo, die. Restart, redo, die. Restart, redo. It's like nonstop until you get, to the, get past all of that gauntlet run. I uh, I felt bad because I, I played this game as a kid, and I was like, I remember enjoying it, but I didn't remember if it was hard or not. I remember thinking it's it was hard. like, it was it felt like a survival horror, and that definitely carried over to me playing it now. It still feels weirdly like a survival horror game. I yeah, I got like a, like a survival horror game. Behind the scenes, I was in New York last week, which is why I, <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't able to do the podcast that we recorded early. And then last week, we all kind of had off to play this game, and I was in New York, and I just got so many messages in New York from, like, Mike and Steven that was just like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated this game at first. I was so pissed. I mean, well, you, I was sitting here just, I mean, everything. Okay, I, I learned, like, by the time I finished this game, I, I, I started to understand. When I first played the game, I did not understand when you run and jump in this game, you have to have enough space. You can hit the jump button all you like, but yeah. if it's not enough space, that's nice. She's just going to fall. It doesn't you gotta, matter. You got to do the lineup, and then you got to jump back and then but, jump. When the lineup, you can't even like, oh, I want to step forward. No, if you step forward, she's going to take two steps forward. You have to angle it, step forward, or back up to the edge, hold down X, <laughs> drop down, hang from the bar, pull yourself up, turn around, back up, then jump. Okay, that is way too much work yeah. to make I, uh, one jump. I got back from New York. I had not played this game until I got back. And I was like, Mike and Stefan are hating this. Let me let me hop in and give this a shot and see if this is as hard as I uh harder than I remember it being. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I remember now. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. The, the amount of if I could if I had to describe this game in one word, it'd be clunky. <laughs> Everything about it is clunky. Yet at the time it was state of the art. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at the time, it was a, literally a game changer. Also, like, not just gameplay-wise, but story-wise, it was one of the first games that had, like, a massive amount of story in it. Like, a ridiculous amount of story in it. Well, there, mean, was, uh, there was story in the previous one as well. Laura is, 
isn't just a sexy figure at the t- from the time she she had an interesting backstory yeah fighting um well not trinity back in those days but uh the flarma nera or whatever they're called um the illuminati fly fighting the illuminati essentially and trying uh, to find out what the... happened to her dad what happened to well her that mom. was the movie that was that was the movie no the flarma nera were in this game no this was the bartolis yeah and then when you go later you fight the uh hold on let me look at their name the fiamma so, era Nikki, you have more background about this than you might. Do you know what he's talking about? Because I don't. <laughs> yeah, the Fiamma Nero were like the cult. They had the, uh, they have like a circular design with like the dragon running behind it. They're like the gangsters. They're like the Bartoli henchmen. No, the temple monks are like different than the actual Bartoli henchmen that you're fighting. Who are the Fiamma Nero? They're definitely in this game. I think that might have been like the very first, you know, the opening somatic that starts off and there's like the warlord that's attacking the monks. I I'm think sure. that was them. I'm I'm positive the Bartolis are members of the uh the Fiamanera. The Bartolis could have been just a fanatical family that got into that heard about the power of the dagger of Xian and wanted it for their own nefarious purposes. See, I thought they were like the leaders of the cult. The cult is like their henchmen. Well, you have to remember that this when Tomb Raider 2 came out, there was not much in backstory to build on. That's true. So we only knew that Laura Croft was of nobility. Her father was a lord that after a crash and having to survive on her own, she got into an adventure lifestyle, which parents didn't necessarily approve of. She somehow inherited the home, most likely because her parents passed away, but she, her lifestyle wasn't necessarily approved of. We should say for the audience, too, by the way, this is um, the new games are like they've completely reset the canon. Uh, so, way better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But also, this is like a completely <laughs> different, completely and different they... Laura Croft story. I mean, the elements are still there. She's still a Tomb Raider adventurer and her dad's still dead, but it's under different circumstances slightly. If yeah, anything, it's, it's supposed to explain her backstory, I think. I mean, this is much more like, you know, at least in this game, too, she's already kind of, you know, established. She's already knows what she's doing. If you're talking about the, the reboot, it's a, you know, she's very much a brand new character in a terrible environment. Yeah. I was it's, really sad you didn't pick the reboot because I really want to play those again. But <laughs> I almost did, it. but I was like, yeah, let's go old school with it. I almost, See, here's the thing is if I if I whenever I play any of the reboot games, because I always do this. I'll go back and I'll play like the 2013 Tomb Raider. And then by the end of the week, I will have beaten all three Tomb Raiders. <laughs> I love the remake so much. And like, they're just so fun to play. I've never played like, past the first one of the remake. Really, I can't stop. If I play the first one, I have to play all three. I can't stop myself. They're just so fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's go back and play the old one. Because I, I remember them being fun in a different way. And I mean, <laughs> I was slightly <laughs> wrong, but... <laughs> mm. Well, as you had mentioned earlier, the Bartoli or Bart- the Botoli, that's what we're going to call them. Bartoli. Bartoli. Gio, I know, something I wrong. Uh, hold on, look at their names right now. They're a mafia. They're mafia. I mean, I know they're supposed to be mafia, but to me, they freaking are like cultists. Like yeah. this whole, oh, the whole story is the game starts off with a cutscene in the beginning where it shows these monks are fighting a dragon and they there's a dagger. They pull it out of the dragon and then the, the, the dragon eats the monk and then the dragon dies because it needs this dagger inside of it to keep it alive. 
Bad yeah. Girls. Yeah. 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 The game starts with, uh, we should say that the game starts with like an actual like rendered cutscene that's almost, well, <laughs> it looks really good for the time. It looks fantastic for the time, especially compared to like, like the other 97 game I would hold this up to is like maybe 007 Goldeneye. <laughs> it blows that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Same Damn. year. And that this game blows that game out of the water. Um, I mean, cutscene wise, just, I mean, graphics wise in general. But yeah, that's it starts with like a one. rendered cutscene. That's true. This was late in 97. It starts with like a rendered cutscene and it does like a silhouette thing at first. And it looks so good. Like you could get away with that today, probably. If you had that, like just the uh, silhouettes, uh, it'd be stylized. But uh, it, I, until uh, and then they show like a face and it's like, oh, OK, yeah, this is a 97 game. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind. I, I like the opening cutscene. I mean, it has a story. I could I couldn't tell you what the story was. Really? Because I wasn't paying attention. Bunch of Chinese uh, fighters are trying to get the dagger of Jian and kill the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does even lead her originally on this? Because I know the first level takes place in China near the Great Wall of China. What? Yeah, on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. What brought her there? That's the part I don't remember. Like, why was she there? They don't explain that. She's just yeah. searching for an artifact and happens to want this thing. There's really no explanation for it uh, other than that. Just throws it right into it. I just thought yeah. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, it could be that she's going after it because she's heard about the powerful artifact, and after the whole adventure with the Skion or Scion or however you want to pronounce it in Tomb Raider One, she wants to make sure these powerful artifacts don't get into the hands of anyone who would abuse them. It belongs in a museum. I just thought it was a fortune and glory. That's what I thought it was for, kid. Well, yeah, well, that's uh -huh. what it probably started out <laughs> as for. But then again, after the whole Skion thing, could have changed her tune. I have no idea what you're talking about when you keep saying Zeon thing. It's the first game, right? That's yeah. the first game, yeah. Okay. I think it's Scion. Zeon, uh, like, Scion, whatever. I, can... I like the car slash alien from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm going to call like... them Skions from now on. I, I want to say that that opening level in Tomb Raider 2 where you fight the tigers, is that kind of how the first game is, too? The same type of opening level? The first game's opening level is pretty much an easy introduction. You're supposed to only deal with easy enemies. You enter the caves in the first game, and your only enemies you really have to deal with are bats, wolves, and one bear. And okay. even the bear you don't necessarily have to deal with because you could easily just avoid the bear. If you want to go find all your secrets in okay, the, in so, the level. Nah, fuck the secrets. So this was the game then that I played. Okay, there I played this game. A lot before. of secrets in this game. Yeah, well we'll talk about that. I played this first level, had it been over a dozen times inside of Sears. Rest in peace, Sears. Uh, when I would go in and my mom would be shopping at the mall and I remember seeing this opening level and shooting those stupid tigers. Except <laughs> in even 97, 98, 99, whenever I would have played this, I could never figure out how to get anywhere. Because I just didn't understand the geometry. And funny, when I played this game in 2019, I still didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. That didn't change. I have a question <laughs> about that. In the late 90s, like, Bengal tigers were still, like, on the verge of extinction, right? <laughs> and you were yes. just murdering them wholesale. Yes. Like, Bengal tiger comes out. And the, I think it's so funny how different the combat is in this game compared to, like, the new games. Because you just, you just, like, lay down on the fucking trigger. And she's got her dual pistols, and you just hear 
bang, 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 and then something falls over and it's dead. It's so anticlimactic. But sorry, right, those are not me. pistols. Those are BB guns she's using. Because there's only thing, only oh, that's the only excuse I have to why a guy can take over a hundred bullets from your piece of shit guns. It has to be BB guns. <laughs> well, there as as anyone can tell you, Mike, the Italian assassin is a different breed of assassin. <laughs> when I, say, when he's I all have, hopped up on like uh, <laughs> some sort of like PCP combination. When a half-naked half guy walks up to me with a wrench with no bullet armor on, he should not be able to take. 10 seconds of me holding down the trigger or her shooting fast. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I love when Claudio, the first uh, the first assassin, like, hops out and, like, co like you're standing completely still, and he just misses you entirely. It's, like, <laughs> unloads into a door. Oh, you're talking about that yeah. opening cutscene? Yeah. I was like, what is he? He unloads into this big door and you fight him, and, like, and he gives this like little speech about how like uh like oh like this isn't like the right time for you to be here or something and then kills himself just like what but it's so it's so sudden like yeah the animation was not to the level that like you could tell they were they were flying way above their station in their mind it was like Claudio jumps out of the shadows and does a double backflip and kicks the gun out of Laura's hand but in the game it just looks like his character model flies past Laura and slams into the doorway. <laughs> I don't even remember this. It's so funny to me. You probably <laughs> skipped through the suffering. whole cutscene. Uh, I watched it. It was it was probably hidden by the tears. I'm like, why do I have to play this game? <laughs> That's right, probably what happened. Croft's sexy line. Uh, pardon me if that was just your way of trying to trying the doors for me. And he's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> I vaguely you don't remember this conversation. Remember this happening, but and immediately. It, they immediately try to make Laura have like a sexy line, which isn't sexy at all. It's just like a weird line to say. And then he says something like in a really weird Italian accent, kind of Italian accent. He's like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'll kill you with a Tommy gun on my key ring. It's like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, we're doing this. <laughs> all of that was kind of a push for this game because even the voice actress in the second one is different from the first one. And it was because she had more of, like, a sexy, alluring voice. That's why they went with her instead. Personally, I do like the one from the first game be voice better than the second one. Yeah, I think the general consensus is that the first game is better. I, like, the general consensus I always see amongst fans is that the first game was great, and then they kind of, like, descend in quality until you get to, I don't know, like, um, Curse of the Sword or Chronicles, maybe? Angel of Darkness. No, not Angel of Darkness. I mean, Angel of Darkness is when I think they hit rock bottom. Yeah, Angel of Darkness was their worst okay. game. But I, I, okay, that's I, what I thought. Yeah. Well, I think with the with two, it, it was a lot more killing of humans. Yeah, you kill a but, shitload. Yeah, I mean, three cuts yeah. down on the killing of humans. I was surprised to see. I looked up some like information about the games, and you kill more people in the first. Tomb Raider reboot than you do in Tomb Raider 2, which is surprising to me. That is surprising. Because you kill a lot of people in Shit, this game. You are mowing down armies. And I, I mean, mean like literally mowing them down. Just just holding on that trigger button. Bang, 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 bang. For me, it was a lot of hiding. But one thing I do want to mention, uh, in that first level, I, I didn't see this myself because I was rushing through that level. People had mentioned there's two dinosaurs in that first level. Yes, it's yes. starting <laughs> the third secret. Yeah. Fuck those secrets. Yeah, you well, find uh, a pair of, of T-Rexes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's gotta be more miserable with the handguns. <laughs> Tomb Raider used to be a little <laughs> bit uh, a little bit more goofy. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. the the T Rexes were one of the traditions they kept in the first three Tomb Raider games. People, I think, marveled at the at the T Rex fight in the Lost Valley level in Tomb Raider One. So they brought the T Rex battle back in Tomb Raider Two. Of course, they add to it by make putting a second one in there, <laughs> and then put another T Rex battle in Tomb Raider Three. So I'm okay. just imagining like. They're like the designers talking to each other, just being like, oh, man, how can we one up ourselves? How can we what's like, what's a better fight than fighting one T-Rex? So it's like, make it two. I, I got an idea. <laughs> Let's throw a second oh. motherfucking T-Rex in there. <laughs> like they'll high five. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, well, I, I, skip, the, I skip secrets all the time in this game. Oh, okay. Well, that's why you missed it. I mean, I'm okay you with take that. A look at my you take a look at my playthrough of the level, which is up on YouTube. I even say, how, where the hell did the second T-Rex come from? Because there is no freaking way this thing could have popped out of nowhere. I mean, there's smooth walls both sides. This is a narrow canyon. Where the hell did this T-Rex come from? That was just hiding behind the first T-Rex the entire time. They walk into how the could fire. it be hiding behind the first T-Rex? Because you run to get to the secret, you get the secret, and the other one pops out from the way, from the direction you came from. They walk in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> T-Rexes are smart. <laughs> also, I like, I like oh. plays like, where'd the second T-Rex come from? Where'd the first T-Rex come from? You're at the Great Wall of China. Bro, that's yeah. true. <laughs> just everyone knows. Everyone knows if you walk to the end of the Great Wall of China, it's just nothing but T-Rexes as far as the eye can see. <laughs> I, I love, I love, like, the original Tomb Raider games, as much as I love, love, love the remakes, the originals had, like, a goofiness to them that, like, you can't replace. Like, the fact that you fight T-Rexes, and later in the game you're fighting, like, Yetis. Oh, yeah, that, I'm okay with the Yeti. Yeti shit, but... At some point in this game, you take down a one-man sub by distracting him, and he, run, he almost runs into a great white shark, and... He like panics and turns and runs into the side of the ship and that kills him and also sinks the sub. <laughs> like, like that's a thing that happens. <laughs> you just yeah. like they had this almost like campy, cheesy quality to them of like early bonds or like Not the normal. like Roger Roger Bohr bonds. Oh yeah, I mean just everything with the I felt like there's a lot of cheese in this game. Like, well, Absolutely. there's some in Venice I want to mention, but one last thing about China I do want to mention is like when you first run into the traps and. God, I had to really understand how this game works, and I, oh man, I, I, like, I was getting pissed. Like I, because like you just so you have a you have a lot, you have a lot of centers. You have a lot of spikes where you have to back up or move around, so you're standing right on the edge. You could run and jump. This is before I understood the jumping mechanic in this game. Of if you don't have enough space to run, she she ain't jumping. Period. Like just accept that fact. <laughs> I'm gonna or assume if you that jump you, uh... while standing in place. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm gonna there's... assume you definitely used a walkthrough for this one, Mike, because this oh, one God, is. To walk through for every single go right, go left, jump up here. You, I use screen. Oh god, I could, I would have never figured yeah. out this game. You it's, know, uh... we, period. Just like it is so. At least I'm not, I'm not of that age anymore. I'm not in the world where oh look that polygon looks a little flatter. I can jump there. It's like I, I'm past that point. Like I don't, I can't. I didn't see some of the jumps. I wouldn't have seen a lot of the climbing because they're, they're just not obvious to me. Yeah, I is like the exact opposite of holding your hand. Like you'll walk into a room filled with boxes and it's like, all right, figure it out. And oh. some of these boxes move, some don't. You'll figure it out. Like you might be in here for an hour. You have, we have no idea. 
What were I you going like to say, Nick? Okay. Your like how she hangs on to stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I like the hang... I like the hanging. I think it's funny that like she makes like a struggling noise when she pulls herself up, but she's like, ugh, like, <laughs> like, like she does like triple backflips in the air, but pulling herself up a ledge is just a little too much for her. Well, one of the things that really showed me what the hell I was getting myself into when when you're doing the training little thing in the opening where you're in the mansion, um, it tells you at one point don't jump forward, do a side do a side flip. Cause that mm. makes more. That's easier. I'm like, what? I should just be able to jump forward like Link does in Ocarina of Time. Nope. <laughs> you can have uh, some uh, jump forward. You have like the Superman you can, jump. But it's. Uh, I mean, there have been time. There were times where I. Because I mean, one thing about this game, this game has built-in save states in a sense. You can save wherever you want and load wherever you want. Which, yeah. I mean, mine. I could. I just hit a button. And I, I saved and loaded automatically. But it 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 needs that. Like this game is designed. There are so many jumps in this game that if you don't make the jump. You man's all low because you're gonna take five minutes to get back to where you were. Like it, oh, yeah. it does that constantly. Yeah, not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of instances of falling and dying. There are a lot of instances of falling, and you end up with like two floors below, and you're like, "Well, shit, I've got to go through oh, all there's... this crap to get back up there." This there was where... one time. Yeah, that's where the computer players had the plus. They had unlimited saves. Where yeah. unfortunately, PS2 players had only at certain points you could save. Uh, Will I be no, right on save. that, Nikki? No, the no. first one you had certain points you could save, but in the second one you could save wherever you wanted. Oh, the yeah, first yeah, that, one you uh, had save. Yeah, you can save whenever. I mean, I just hit F one, but yes, you PS one you can save whenever. The game has it built in. <laughs> this game almost needs <laughs> that kind of. Well, it, it needs I, it. Not I almost. Be careful. Is that I was gonna say this game almost needs that kind of remake, but they did remake the first game, and uh, we don't talk about it. <laughs> Well, Tomb Raider anniversary. Yeah, we don't talk. Well, it's fine. It's just like they just replace like all the boss battles with quick time events, and it's. Uh, okay. I never played it very far. It looks better. Like, say what you will about the anniversary edition, it definitely looks better. Yeah, it, it does be, look better. It yeah. can't be worse than this game. Okay, nothing. I mean, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's mad thing okay. to go. I like. It. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know it's a good game for the time. Like, you know, from 97, this was probably... Cause I actually pulled up a list of all the games that came out in 97. Like, I can see where this game was really good. But, like, when you're playing it in 2019, you're playing it for the first time, like, at least first few levels, my opinion changed as I got farther. But when I was playing through Venice, I was getting so mad at the game. <laughs> like, you start off... Um, and one that when I think you start off in Venice, you walk forward and a Doberman runs at runs at you. I'm like, not a big deal. Okay, I hold down the button. Takes longer than it should to kill a Doberman. So I shoot the Doberman, and then a guy with a wrench comes out after you. And then that's when I started understanding bullet sponge in this game. I like oh. uh, I like that the Dobermans. They don't just like run at you. They like bark the entire time they're moving, and their anime their animation is so like stilted that. That was when I was like, oh, my God, this is a horror game. <laughs> it's like, they just run at you and it's just like, bark, 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 bark. And, like, this probably, like, probably realistically, like, six frames of animation. <laughs> it's just, it's like something about it, like, playing the game now, it actually, like, really kind of, like, it put me on edge every time I heard a dog. It's supposed to. Whenever I saw a person, well, that's not true. A couple people actually did freak the, the crap out of me because you come across some people, like, hidden in corners that just jump out oh. and scare you. When you read a guide and it tells you, like, there are a lot of parts in this game where people, you can look in an air, look 
room, not see anybody. You walk past a certain square and they climb out of holes in the ground or wherever the hell they come from and start coming after you. Like there are tons yeah. of places in this game <laughs> with that type of style. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh my god. I could watch like the gunfights from this game. Like if somebody out there made like a, a super cut of all the gunfights in this game, I would love that. It's just so funny to me how <laughs> it's just like nonstop firing. And something about it, it's like it's like a bad sci-fi movie, you know, where they'll have like a like a pistol and somehow they fire 60 shots out of it. It's like that level of funny to me. It's just like bang, 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 bang. And then I'll have like you'll hear that for like three minutes. If you're in a room with three people, that's you just hear nonstop firing. Especially like I know with the was talking about it. He said he would do a lot of like rolling. I didn't. I would just run. I would either back up and keep backing up or I would just stand there and just trade blows. I would just trade really until they. He shot at me. Oh no! I yeah, could I never. Was a, I could I'm never roll. If I roll or jump or anything, it it didn't accomplish anything other than her rolling around and facing the other direction. Like I actually <laughs> didn't understand how to roll and turn around to face the other direction until near the end of the game. I, in Temple of Zion, I figured it out. I was a big so, uh, yeah, because you need to figure it out by then. Yeah, I was a big jump shooter. Just jump and do a backflip. I, I just constantly <laughs> jumping and doing backflips in the air was. <laughs> to play the game you have to yeah. jump and flip and just shoot endlessly yeah and, and i'm sure yeah. that does like like realistically does that change anything about like your hitbox <laughs> i'm sure it yes doesn't. you die a lot faster because you take one bullet in the air and you're done it's over you're, you're... well no <laughs> actually when you're jumping side to side or back and forth the enemies that are sh shooting at you or throwing weapons at you can't necessarily target on you eat it makes it harder for them to target okay. you. That does work. Yeah, I mean, when you get to, like further in the game, when you got a bu bunch of those knife throwers all aiming at you, you start jumping around, being careful not to jump into anything dangerous. <laughs> you actually could see the knives go flying past where you were, and they're like, they're oh. trying to hit you, and you're still targeting one at a time but they're trying all targeting you and they're throwing at where you were and they're not doing like everybody always told you to do in space invaders like you should have been shooting at where i was going to be you know so you know they never got shoot. that down it's hard to shoot where you're going to be when you're just like spinning in the air it's like matrix jumping it's great i was just talking to somebody the other day though about um uh just yesterday i was talking to somebody about like when i play overwatch as diva and when I get out of the mech suit, I just jump nonstop as if that does anything. I feel like that doesn't do anything, but I just have to do it. <laughs> that's that's how I feel playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> just jumping all the time, knowing that it's not really helping me. It's just constantly jumping. <laughs> like, I'll be in a room with no enemies, and I'll just be doing backflips. That makes sense. I mean, because it probably doesn't help at all. And then when you climb up a ledge, Laura Croft is just like, ugh. Like, this is too much. Venice, like early, because Venice is broken up into three levels. But it was early on when you're when you get the speedboat in the first level, and you're and you're going around. God, that took me forever to get the hang of what I was doing, because I just kept getting gunned down by people. I'm like, I don't understand this game. That was a huge. I mean, deal I had too. to. It's a big level. Like that's the thing about these levels. Each level, even with a guide where I'm reading what to do, it took me about an hour on average. Or almost most levels. There's a few that took me two hours, but but mostly an hour. I mean, uh, the the vehicles are a big deal. I'm sure Nikki can probably talk speak more to this, but the fact that you got drivable vehicles in this game was insane. Like as a kid, hopping on like a speedboat or later on like the uh, the snowmobile, I was just like, holy shit! 
<laughs> yeah, I loved that when I was it's fun to... oh, You want to say that again? You cut out. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, as a kid, it was like super fun and neat to drive them, even though like there wasn't that much room. You didn't drive them that far. You're pretty much on <laughs> yeah. a linear path with them. Yeah. But like it was still great. But now you go back and it's like, I cannot stand this. Like I'm just crashing into the, <laughs> yeah. the corners of like, you know, every block. <laughs> There's one point where you're in the snowmobile and it's like you're going down a hallway that's about an inch wider than the snowmobile yep. is. And you're just you're like about? pinging off each wall. Oh, yeah. Like, as a kid, a I was like, this is that. the coolest shit ever. Playing out, like, why did they do this? Why? What? They, they couldn't have waited three more years. <laughs> the question I have is why did Stu make me play, play this game? That was, <laughs> the real, that was the question I had a lot this week. The real question is, why did Claudio give up his boss uh, and give you the idea of where to go in Venice? Because that's oh, the only no, reason you go to Venice. <laughs> like, uh. when Claudio, the assassin, kills himself, he says something like, like, for the fortune of Marco Bartelli. And previous to that, I don't think Laura knew who Marco Bartelli was. <laughs> no, I mean, this entire game, like, the way the story works, like, little things happen that bring her to each area. I just love that, like, like he drinks cyanide so that way well, you can't question him so he doesn't give up any information. But then as he's drinking the cyanide, he tells you who his boss is. It's like in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Hail Hydra! He bites into the cyanide. But Yeah, exactly. Like, fucking don't say Hail Hydra. Don't be like... <laughs> don't take the cyanide and be like, the Nazis did this. <laughs> like, we didn't know until you said that, dude. Yeah, well, maybe it was the logic that, hey, if I just give the name, it doesn't necessarily tell you where you're going to have to go. Not thinking, hey, maybe she might be able to hack my computer. I like to think that right beforehand, Claudio's, like, benefits got cut or something. <laughs> it's like, fuck, Marco. <laughs> I, I like how you go to the Bartolia hideout, and it's not really that impressive, but the, the level where you, like, I guess fight Bartoli or you're is it not you spend a whole lot of time in an opera house at one point yeah it's uh mm. it's like venice Bartoli's hideout and then the opera house which, which i didn't understand why you're in an opera house well why i why is the opera house here's a question for you why does the opera house have orchestra pit filled with water <laughs> is it just because like is it just because like venice is kind of floody or but abandoned like, there's no yeah, it's abandoned, abandoned makes opera house on the outskirts of Venice, and so, but then there's no like, it's like the center of the opera pit or the orchestra pit. It doesn't have a floor either. Like it just goes under. Like you have to swim underneath of that under the stage, and there's like a secret and something you have to do down there. Like you have to like flip a switch on the other side of that or something. But like, was that part of the opera house? Just having an open an open pool in the center. <laughs> In case you want to go well, for a place swim. Is abandoned. Go for a swim and see a place. Why play? do you think it's abandoned? It's sinking. It's sinking. Yeah, but there's no floor. So, like, was like, there no floor? It starts <laughs> start sinking. <laughs> the floor still, if it sinks, the floor still there. Like, they took the, like, as it was sinking, they were like, oh, better get rid of this floor. That'll stop the water. And I, I swear, this game, like, there's a lot of swimming in this game, too. Like, we'll yeah. get more into it in a little bit, but, like, it, the swimming didn't bother me in this game. Like, it, no. it's not bad, somehow. Nice. The it's jumping's like, terrible. Swimming's not bad. Not until you have to deal with the later levels. <laughs> well, yeah. But I would say, uh, like, early that. on, this is one of those few exceptions to that, that water temporal rule of, like, when you're underwater in this game, generally it's pretty easy. Like, it's pretty navigable, and it adds... As long as you're not shooting. 
as long as you're not shooting, yeah, because you do get a harpoon uh, gun. You have to do have to fight harpoon gun assholes underwater. But yeah, for the most part, it's, um, gun. it's pretty like garbage. It's pretty doable, and it adds definitely like another layer of puzzles to the game. There's there's a lot of shit with that, but like in, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff I want to mention. Like in the bar, in the opera house, there was I mean it's mostly pretty standard, like going around, hit switches, open this door, climb up this stupid thing. I mean that. I mean, it's a lot of puzzle solving in this game, too. Like, that, this game is full of platformy puzzles. They yeah. don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But this part, they didn't make any sense, because you're, you're, like, I guess an abandoned building, and you think the people who work there, who are a part of, like, this hideout, would have a better orchestration. Like, oh, hey, I gotta go to the second floor. All right, man, make sure you hit the switch on the left, and I'll go hit the switch on the right. All right, the other guy's gonna jump up and hit that switch to bring down the ladder. It's like, <laughs> yeah, puzzles like, that just don't make any thing sense. Again. At some point in, uh... police station. I think it's in the oil rig. There's a puzzle where, like, you have to, you have to know that one of the computer computers is fake, and that you can open it like a door. I don't remember this. I think it's in the oil rig. I think it's right before the submarine section. Could it's... be it because it was a secret. That's why uh... he doesn't remember it. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if, it if you haven't noticed yet. It was a switch. I skipped. I think there was a switch at the end of the hallway. So I can't remember if that. Yeah, I can't remember if that opened up a with secret thing the... or. Oh, you know what it did. The guide. It... Yes. It opened up a like it opened up a hatch at the bottom of a pool. Oh, you could get a secret down there. So yeah, it was a secret thing. Okay, whenever the guy said secret, my eyes went to the next paragraph. Yeah. So I I mean, I, I, I never got three dragons. <laughs> I just want to be done. I mean, I had like when I started playing this game, I had it all based on okay, I I, could, I need to beat one mission every day for thirteen days, and I got to beat five extra missions. I had the whole thing mapped out how I was playing this game because after I beat a level, I'd have to go for a walk or just get away because I couldn't play as two levels in a row because it was that exhausting playing this game. It's a lot. Uh, it's a hefty game. Yes. Yep. This is I would say probably one of the hard one of the one of the hardest <laughs> like stressful that we played on this show, like at least for lengthwise of a game. Yeah. I would and say some like people, a, uh, oh, go ahead. And there's some people that have been have done a no loads, no meds, Fuck no that. all secrets run. Jesus. No meds? No meds. Man, oh that's God. that sounds impossible to me. Yeah. It's been done. I'm actually right. subscribed to a Twitch channel <laughs> of one guy who do, who has done it and he is working on doing it for Tomb Raider 3. Jesus. I, He's come close to doing it too with Tomb Raider 3. I would say the same like 50-50 in terms of combat and puzzles, like almost an exact split. Like, yeah. There is just as many puzzles as there is combat. Maybe not for Mike because he didn't do the secrets, but no. But I did. I did do a lot of puzzles. Oh, I do have a question though. Before in the Venice part, did anybody fight the big like mini boss at the end at the end of the level? You pretty much have to. No, you don't. I I ran past him and then I ran back and he deloaded. What? <laughs> I deloaded him somehow. He wasn't there all of a sudden. I'm like, where'd he go? And he was just gone. I didn't kill him. I didn't shoot him. Fuck. He <laughs> and then I ran to the plane. You okay. son of a bitch! <laughs> I tried the, to the kill him. Club guy with the two dogs. You just skipped him. Yeah. What the he hell? Had, he had like two big guns or something. Somehow I didn't kill him because I couldn't. I kept trying to. I kept loading. I kept dying. So I said, "Screw it! I'm just going to the crates and skip him." And then it, when I got near the plane, it loaded the other guy. And then when I was jumping back to try to get to the plane and kill that guy, he wasn't there anymore. He just I didn't. I don't know where he went. He just left. <laughs> Oh, he probably like, he saw Laura run through the room, and he was like, "Well, I did everything I can. Time to go home." 
essentially something to that. So the very first when you're in China, if like right before that entire cutscene happens and the guy like attacks you from out of nowhere, you have to fight a tiger right there. But you don't have to fight that tiger. If you just run straight to the door, it'll load the cutscene and go to the next level. And then the same thing at that point. There's a few of the bullets. They actually gave him like a radius distance that if you get out of it, he untargets you and walks away. So it actually forces you (laughs) to confront fighting that. But if you just turn around and leave, you can just go to the next level. (laughs) As long as you have the key item. So it really comes down to like Bartoli is not paying his guys nearly enough. (laughs) Like they'll guard a door, but if they have to move from that door, there's like, ah, I can't be bothered. I want to ask one quick question for all of you here. Yes. Because this was something I stumbled across when I was recording the Bartoli's hideout level. And then I had to scrap the recording because I did something stupid and it just crashed (laughs) on me. But how many of you grabbed the detonation key and blew up the building at the end of the Bartoli's hideout level to progress? I did. Yeah, I did. I thought that's what you had to do. (laughs) Yeah, me too. You can actually avoid blowing it up. Oh, well, fuck him. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> I just stumbled I... upon it out of, I don't know if I saw the, the, one, the one guy do it, but I just, I was, I got the last secret in there. I climbed to the top. I'm like, and can I do this? And yeah, I could do it. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I didn't know you could do that. It'd be great if like later in the game, you found a letter that was like, dear Lara, thank you for not blowing up my house. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate oh, but, if this plan does not work out, I will need to live there. <laughs> oh, one thing that I uh, like, and the way that you get into the like, she goes on the plane because that's what you're trying to do in this whole part. Like, you see a plane yes. taken off, and they totally title. She runs into the plane. Don't they hit her over the head with a wrench or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The game suddenly becomes like a slapstick comedy for a bit where uh, it's, it's Claudia, it's, it's Bartoli and Claudio, not Claudio, uh, Fabio. Really? Fabio's that his name? His, yeah, Fabio is the name of the pilot. <laughs> and they're like, like it's just, just like stomach. Yeah, like Fabio, <laughs> like he doesn't quite believe in the cult. He's just there for like the money. And, and like Bartoli is punching him in the head, the stomach, and being like, "You don't believe? Is your belief so fragile?" <laughs> okay, I couldn't hear this. Even with the headphones in, it was coming through so weak, and there were no subtitles. Okay, cause I, I I remember it, but it's like it's gone in my memory. Like the whole part of this game other than me being upset i don't remember any of this it comes in weak and everyone's doing a bad italian accent so yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just for like a brief moment the game is total slapstick total comedy and then you run in and they just hit you in the head with a wrench and knock you out and it's like is this the same game where i just murdered a bunch of tigers <laughs> <laughs> and dinosaurs yeah well they had to in some papers well, they had to set up the other obligatory tradition they had in the first three Tomb Raider games. The <laughs> reclaim all your weapons levels. Oh, that happens in the other games, too? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> in, Tomb Raider, in Tomb Raider 1, at the end of the Egypt levels, you get ambushed by Natla and some goons, and they take all of Laura's weapons. And so the... Next level, Notless Mines, you are reclaiming all your weapons. You find your pistols first and then have to beat each of the goons in turn to get the weapons back. Remind me to never play that game. 
They also do it in Uncharted and all three Tomb Raider remakes. I do want to play the remake, but (laughs) when you end up, like, I I don't understand. Why didn't they just kill her in the offshore rig? Just shoot her. Because they're Bond villains. (laughs) That's every game. (laughs) I mean, they just put her in a cell. So I don't think they even locked it into isn't this isn't the switch to the cell door in the room? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yes, but it was hidden. Yeah, yeah it's, hidden. <laughs> it's hidden in the cell. It's like the I mean, worst I... escape room ever. Like you go to imagine going to an escape room and they're like, you have six hours to leave, and you just like move a box and the switch is right there. You're like, all right, I did it. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, That's... this is almost as dumb as a Chrono Trigger when you're in the cell, and I love Chrono Trigger. But they leave him with his sword. They lock him yeah. in a cell and keep, let him keep his sword. I mean, it's the same type of idea. Of like, what? What? The, why do you just? And these are these are bad people. Shoot her. Just yeah. Well, you have no... yeah, but, but you also got. You also have to think of the other cliches. <laughs> you have to think of the other cliches. You got the strong woman who's now disarmed, and you got a bunch of guys. You got a woman. But did they expect her to talk, or did they expect her to die? I think they they forgot about it. I think they put her in a cell and forgot she was in there. We'll interrogate her later for some reason. (laughs) But it was like when you open the door, the alarm goes off, and then they run, and I think I just jump in the water and swim away or something like really stupid like that. And the alarm just continues to go off the entire time. It was the offshore, yeah, for way too long. The offshore rig is when I started to not hate this game. I was starting to get (laughs) the hang of the jumping, starting to understand the controls, starting to understand that, okay, I need to make a good... 100, 200 feet between me and the guy so I can just hold down the trigger and just shoot him and hopefully he'll be dead by the time he gets to me. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't, I was starting to like it. And I want to say, is the offshore rig where they introduced the flamethrower guys? Or is that yes. in the ship? Okay. Man, I that is the worst enemy in this game. Because they light yes. on fire, it's over. It's over. Nope. If you can't get to water, like I, one time I saved at a very inopportune time in a hallway... He lit me on fire. I had to use two med packs to run from the hallway to the pool that was in the other room right across from the hallway. And that's how much damage I was taking from the fire. And I was just like, wow, I almost screwed myself. Yep. I did not have multiple saves at that point. You can get the M16. Is it? I don't. I missed. Like, I missed some of the. Like, one thing we hadn't mentioned, you can get a lot of the secret guns earlier throughout the game. But if you miss it, it will keep reoccurring at certain points. They will try to give it to you if you if you still have got like I didn't get the grenade yeah. launcher until in Tibet somewhere. I kept missing it. Oh really? I think the first grenade launcher that shows up is <laughs> it's early on. Yeah, I, I skipped all the secrets though. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you had M16 the whole time. Yeah, uh, I had it. I never used everything. it. Everything. I really played just like Resident Evil. I saved all my ammo as much as I could throughout this game for nothing. Oh, I use the I, M16 all the time because it just, it just saved takes everything. down everything. I kept saving all my ammo, kept saving all my ammo, kept saving. Then I beat the game, went, what, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> See, something but happens that, in my brain when I get behind, like, the controls of Warcraft where I'm just like, I'm going to fire nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> I think that very, would be funny if she's just nonstop firing the gun. Because <laughs> you're very conservative yeah. with ammo and health items usually in games, <laughs> I, I am. feel like. And when I like play, like, the remakes, sun. I'll use the bow and arrow, and I'll never fire a fucking shot out of my pistol. But then when I play old games like this, I'm just like, like, the entire time. It's just nonstop fire. Yeah, well, okay, when, well. You have, uh, when you have weapons that have, you know it's going to have limited ammo, you don't want to necessarily use the the weapons that could run out of ammo, especially yeah. early on. You're going to pull so it, you're going to... 
you uh, you pull out them pistols that that, that have to. God's sake, has. <laughs> and let's talk about <laughs> pistols for a second, because Warcross pistols were not always the fucking dual wielding USPs. For some reason, I think because of the Angelina Jolie movies, I don't say for some reason. For those that reason specifically, people think that Laura Croft has always used the dual-wielded USPs. Because that actually annoyed me when the new games came out. People were like, oh, where's your dual-wielding pistols? And it's like, dude, she she didn't have dual-wielding USPs. In the very beginning, she had Browning High Powers. They're completely different guns. Well, I... <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. People, people like, when the remakes came out, they're like, there's not even a, uh, a HK USP in this game. It's like, yeah, they, they didn't introduce that until the Angelina Jolie movie. I really don't know my guns. I find that out every so often on the show. I wasn't even talking about what type of makes of guns they were, man. I know. It's just a little thing. It's just, it's just, she never ran out of ammo. She never did. And given how her backpack is, how the hell is she not running out of ammo? Well, she keeps everything in her ponytail because when she pulls something out of her backpack, she always pulls it out of her ponytail. Oh, and also, this is the first game to have the ponytail. The first game didn't have it. This is the Not game only that they brought it in. But ponytail physics. Yeah, the ponytail actually bobbed and weaved when you ran. This game came out the same year as GoldenEye 007. Game came out the same year of a lot of games I would rather have played than this game, by the way. You had, I was looking through the whole list. And there's a lot of like well, Yeah, but uh, what else came out in 1997? Um, Castlevania um, Symphony of Night. Castlevania came didn't out, have hair on the show in the future. All right. One thing Star I do want to say. 64 didn't have hair physics. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII didn't have hair physics. Take that, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. <laughs> Did it? Sorry. I don't, but like, I you know, like three, I think two two levels where you're inside the stupid oil rig, and I do like the way that she leaves. Like, I thought I was going to be like, okay, this ain't so bad. Like, I'm going to move on to, to bet, because as I was playing this game, Richard kept talking about save the shotgun ammo for the Eddies. I'm like, okay, and I, I, had a, I wasn't really looking at what levels were in order. I just knew that you had Venice, you had the offshore stuff, and you had Tibet. And then the other crap, but I didn't realize how fucking long they spend with the offshore. Then when you get into the sunken yeah. ship, oh, like, I do like the level <laughs> right before we were kind of talking about where she gets on. Where she's talking to I think she finds she first meets her first monk who's all beat up because you know they don't kill anyone in this in this in the diving area. Yeah, Damn, and then okay. she gets on the, the wetsuit and she's like, I think she tells him to turn the other way or something, but he doesn't. If I remember correctly, no, she changes in front of him and throws his shoes oh, at okay. him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, she puts on the wetsuit in front of him, and it's like literally throws her old clothes at him, and it's just like, all right, like he's not your servant. <laughs> he's he's actively helping you, Laura. I, I didn't understand that. Like it was just weird. And then I do like though for like the rest, at least the rest of the underwater stuff, she's wearing a wetsuit, and that's kind of we had mentioned earlier where she steals a sub or like jumps on a sub with somebody she, or something. She grabs the top of the sub and. Is like a <laughs> Wouldn't you be dead? Like I, I don't know much about underwater. Yeah. But I do know if you're in the bottom of the ocean and you're not wearing anything, you're dead. Period. Like I don't think there's any surviving in this situation. Well, let's see. Uh, and the level's called the Forty Fathoms. <laughs> yeah, and wasn't the offshore blowing up, or did she just leave it? I can't remember. She just left. Okay. Just like, yeah, I didn't. How many fathoms deep can a person survive? I'm gonna guess one. Forty. Yeah, not uh, many. Stay tuned. Okay, right. so most pre most professional free divers will go past 400 feet. Let's see how much a single fathom is. <laughs> how much is a 
So a single fathom is oh a single fathom is only two yards. <laughs> Learned something new on this show, guy. You weren't asking really? for it, but now you know. That's very surprising to me. All right, but that level when you're swimming in the water was like that was I was starting. To, I was okay. I was I liked that part where you have to like follow the barrels and swim into the ship. But what I understand was that the whole purpose why they were there was for the wreck of the Maria Doria. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, because that I didn't already on the ship. Yeah, I was wondering like why are these people stranded in an underwater ship? Like they were in some random ass places in a giant ship like that. This is where like I want to say the wreck of the Maria Doria took me three hours to beat. I think it's because it was counting. It was counting the time when I paused the game and got up and left. I think at one point. Or I really played for a long time. I feel really uh, dumb. That, that is actually like really long to go through. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so forty fathoms sounds like a lot. Yes, it does. It sounds really deep, right? Forty fathoms is two hundred feet. A little over two hundred feet. Okay, so she can really? survive it. Yeah. This game would be. This level would be a lot more intimidating if it was called two hundred forty feet deep. <laughs> but I, I feel like. 200 feet, though, is that? Well, I guess that is a lot. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, that's less. It's about half of what most professional free drive, free divers feel comfortable. Doing. But is that enough for a ship to be underwater? Isn't a ship yeah. bigger than 200 feet? I mean, yeah. Feet? A ship can be, if a ship's like an inch underwater, it's underwater, Mike. I know, but it's like they're far. Like they had a freaking self <laughs> to get if to the ship. Point, if at any point, as someone that lives near a harbor let me um let me just explain this to you and the entire listeners if at any point any part of the ocean is above your ship that's too deep (laughs) (laughs) if if you're an inch under it you've got problems let me ask you guys a question about that level did any of you notice how the ship mysteriously ends up right side up yes okay yeah what yeah, the ship yeah. is on its side when you're like about to hit it, and then suddenly when oh. you're inside of it, everything is right side up. I didn't notice that. I didn't pay attention either. I, I was just trying um, to survive the freaking sharks that they added in this level. I, oh, that that sub hit it really hard. I don't think that was the case. I, I think, think it was. for parts of it, it seemed it looks up from what I got. It was upside down for part of it, almost like it maybe had split in half. Oh, so it's like a Titanic situation. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess any sunken ship is like a Titanic situation. <laughs> I mean, when you look at at the at the, fir- at the first two levels, uh, like Forty Fathoms and Wreck of the Maria Doria, it's and definitely. I, up. Yeah, that part's upside down, and then when you get to the next parts, it looks like it's it may seem like it looks like it either it must have split. It's just in. I'm looking at two pictures of the uh, the Maria Doria, and one is upside down and one is not. So yeah, it must have split. Okay. Well, I, mean, I just put up the, and I just put up my playthrough of Wreck of the Maria Doria yesterday. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go ahead and say I liked, I really liked her uh, wetsuit outfit too. I thought that was really cool. I did. Too. Yeah, that was a neat. That was yeah. a neat look for her. It wasn't like, is it? Um, oh, oh hold God, that thought. I know. Well, I know what you want to say. We'll talk about that later after we finish this part. But I, I have. Some, I know what you're gonna say. Okay. <laughs> hold that thought. Okay, <laughs> but I do want to say with the wreck of the Maria Doria, did they know about the artifact they're looking for this whole time? Then, yes. Yeah, okay, that's uh, where Tolly is in the Flama Nera's. I mean, didn't they bring like what? I think there has to be like 50, 60 guys in this ship looking for this piece of ship. Yeah, thank yeah. God the pumps in the ship worked, and also thank God the ship was airtight for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of these guys are armed with a wrench. 
Like, we don't need guns. Just bring a wrench, man. Like, I got, you know, we got. Why would they need guns? They're underwater. They got black stars, though. Divers in that level. Yeah, a lot of great white sharks, I guess. There were a lot of great white sharks, though. Yeah, let's talk about. Let's not go into underwater. Let's not go into water physics. (laughs) Sharks, actually. I have, like, a bit of a fear of open water. And so that level, getting into that ship, I was legit panicking. (laughs) I think you live in the wrong place then. I know. I have that <laughs> fear. Water. I live in a, near a harbor at the beach. I've lived at the beach my entire life. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm afraid. This. Like, I know what's out there. <laughs> I know what's out there too, but I live in Minnesota. I'm far away from the ocean. I'm good with that. I'll go to the beach. I just don't want, like, if you threw me into the middle of the ocean, I wouldn't be happy about it. I'll probably be I don't think anybody who'd get thrown in the middle of the ocean would be happy about it. Oh, people you fucking do that. See shit. that people terrible movie shit. Open Waters? and they're insane and i hate all of them people go out to like the middle of the ocean they're like let's go diving and it's like go to hell <laughs> one of my favorite like i mean this is one of the dumbest like enemy setups there's uh there's one of the secrets which i i think i actually did grab this well no i didn't grab this one there's one where you go to a pool inside the wreck of the maria doria that's somehow upright who knows why <laughs> and you go in the pool and i think there's a if you if you walk to a certain spot you trigger the door the door opens up and there's a diver just sitting there waiting for you yeah and i'm just <laughs> That's the uh, that's on level ten, the deck. Uh, yeah. He's just biding his time. I just don't get it. He, exactly that, that he must across. have pissed off his boss to get stuck <laughs> with that guard duty. I mean, <laughs> how does she behind the door, harpoon gun ready? Like, it's so like, stupid. Regardless, whoever opened that door was getting a harpoon in the face. If it wasn't Lara, then it would have been like one of his fellow crewmates. Like, he oh. was just pissed. And shooting underwater, ridiculous. Like, I would put 10, 10 spears into a guy before he died, and I'm like, okay, this is not... And I would watch the spears, and they shoot them at you, and it would annoy me. One thing I do got to say about this game, that I, I actually played this with headphones or music, where a lot of it was just the music on without speakers, and it does a great job of playing certain sounds before an enemy shows up. Like, that I really was a nice touch. Yeah. This it game... In the game is fantastic. Even just yeah. the background audio oh, yeah. of like the noises of the ships around you is really well. I would say I, this is the perfect balance of like music and atmosphere in the original Tomb Raider games because the original one, the first game was like fairly quiet, um, comparatively. And this I game has a, funny, a lot more background. Funny story for that. Like when I was playing this, um, my father-in-law was walking, but was was here, and he was walking around, and all of a sudden, I was trying to make a jump at one point, and I kept dying, so he just kept hearing, ah, 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 he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just playing a game, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just like, headphones <laughs> in. <laughs> like, we're just gonna stop. I think it's, uh, there's like a ProZD skit where he's like, he's playing some game, and all the noises in there are like way over the top sexual. He's <laughs> just like, I don't hear it. Oh, God. Oh, because they're, oh, oh, my, I died <laughs> so much. At some point, it's just like, oh, you've penetrated me. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, this game. A game about swords. God damn it. All right. But uh, what else I want? Oh, one thing. Like, the flamethrower guys, I, I hated. I wanted to say that. Talking about that, actually. What the, her fucking noise when she picks up a secret is so, like, <laughs> like I imagine they told the voice actress to, like, make a sexy noise. Because when you pick yeah. up a secret, it's like, oh. <laughs> I heard that a couple times. Yeah, every time you pick up a secret. Oh. Not my oh. game. That's weird. Oh. I always thought it was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we just know where Stuart mine went with the, with the pixelated mm-hmm. Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know where every guy's met, went 
mind went when it came to Laura Croft. In '97, yes. In 2019, <laughs> we have better. We have better. Everybody, everybody in 1997 wanted pointy boobs. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, around I remember also when about 1997 was when the the pa- that. When Patch was out there for the computer version, the oh, new God, yeah. Patch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, had... <laughs> I, I bought the computer version back in the day. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, <laughs> oh God, that was like one of the like running jokes in the whole, like for forever with this series after that happened too, where every game supposedly you could find there was some cheat you could put in to make Lara Croft naked. Like that was that like the beginning of the stupid, uh, like playground cheats that your friends would tell you? Yeah, well, probably at that time. Yeah, it was very early. I mean, when the new, when the nude raider patch came big, they combated it by with the computer. I mean, they might have snuck it into the PlayStation version because people were going to try it with the quote nude code. Which I had told Mike to try it. I told him to try it and tell you guys to try it. I didn't tell him what it was going to do, so he obviously looked it up or found out about I it. I was reading other codes, and I'm like, huh, and I saw there was a code from Mike. Yep, I bet that's the code he's been trying to get me to do. What does it do? It, she blows up. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I did funny. it myself, just for, just for giggles. That's really funny. I like when... But, I like when devs find funny ways to be like, ah, fuck you. That's <laughs> yeah, their way of trolling yeah. people. And Eidos, they bought, they, they, they bought up or got the, bought up the rights for the Nude Raider website just so they could <laughs> shut it down. That's really funny. That happens though. And I, I it's mean, always, it's always great when like devs have wacky ways of of battling shit like that. Speaking of that, I know a guy who wants to buy a website just to shut it down. Yes, yes. I'm not going to mention it here because if I mention it on the podcast, everyone will go to it and the price will go up. But there's a website I have found that is like straight out of the 1990s, like early 1990s. It actually doesn't meet like code now because it absolutely will give you a seizure. I'm glad he knew exactly where I was going with yeah. this. Oh, no, I told I've been telling like. I've talked to other web designers and showed them this fucking website. I'm just like, look at this. Look at this horrible thing. It's like the flashing, like pictures in the back, and like every they used every animated GIF they could find in 1998, <laughs> and they're still updating it. It's still being updated today. Mike has opened a whole box of worms with me. Yeah, that was a fucking website. Is this going... from the G- the GeoCities era? Yes. yes. Yes, for sure. Oh my god, I, I don't want to know where it is. I don't want to be tempted to look at it. <laughs> and I, is... I'm I'm dealing with my own issues. I don't need to further <laughs> further them along or anything like that right now. This is a pre MySpace website that I I want to own, and I don't know if I want to destroy it or if I need to like keep it out of posterity. Like it should belong, <laughs> like like so people know how far we've come. Uh, oh, one thing. I mean, I don't remember this. How do you end up? in Tibet after you find this artifact that the 60 other fools can't find. Isn't there a cutscene cut or something? Is, yeah, there's a cutscene. Uh, she, once it's grabbing the item, I think she somehow gets an inflatable raft, rides it up to the surface, gets to the rig, steals a plane, and flies off to Tibet. Okay. And, of course, it runs out of fuel, and she has to crash land in Tibet. 
Okay, so that's why the first level in Tibet is you run around in the snow. Yeah. yeah. With, actually, this was a good level. Tibetan foothills was a... This is when I was really starting to change. Like, I was like, oh, I don't hate this game anymore. <laughs> Stuart's like... still an asshole for putting this on the show, but I don't hate this <laughs> as much. I like that uh, you find a snow leopard, a couple snow leopards in that area, and it's, it's like... Sort of it's just the close. tiger's well, reskin. But, but, you know, I'll give him credit. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I, I thought... I didn't have a problem fighting them. Like, I, to me, it was really cool that it had the snow leopards and Tibet was fun. Like they had a decent amount of enemies. There weren't too many. You get the snowmobile, which you mentioned earlier, which I didn't mind the way it handled. It just one thing that we had I had noticed is like we're so used to Grand Theft Auto and Triangle to get on to off something that doesn't work in this game. You had to like hold down, jump, and press left to get off something. I think it's very odd. So at least I did. But yeah, I did something similar. Okay, like, it's like it. Very it odd. took a. It wasn't bad. Like I like the snowmobile. You can do a lot of jumps and you could boost it. Like. I actually really enjoyed the Tibetan foothills. I mean, you fight you fight a few guys here and there, and you fight the snow leopard, but it was never. I never felt overwhelmed as I did in other in other parts of this game. I felt I was comfortable with the amount of enemies I was fighting. <laughs> well, how do you feel about uh, two levels later in the catacombs when suddenly you're fighting fucking yetis? <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Um, but I did like a lot of the puzzles with the snowmobiles, where they had you jump off things and jump off, and I really did like that. Mm. I, I think you're also. Was... This is when you get like that classic uh, uh, bomber jacket, Laura, too. Oh yes, yeah, thank that you. I almost forgot for her. What yeah. the heck? Like that's the part where I that was the dumbest like outfit. Like I like the jacket, but she's still wearing the short shorts. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's still short shorts. Like you think? Yeah, that was a, dumb a pair of pants. Yeah, the outfit makes more sense in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider when she's wearing pants with it, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I mean, I understand, but I'm like, still, really, you couldn't have put. Hands on her for some reason, like they just couldn't do it. She's always moving, so she doesn't have to worry about her legs getting cold. She's always like jumping and running. I mean, I, mean, just, I understand. Pants would just point, slow her down, Mike. She's a woman of wearing, You give her a jacket, but you don't give her any pants. I, mean, yeah. you know, I live in Minnesota. If I went out with no pants in the cold weather, <laughs> I'd be a little dead. Like, I mean, it won't, I won't be okay. <laughs> <sighs> That's all I got. But it, this was a great level. Yes. That was awesome. And then the Barkhane Monastery, the best level of the game. Uh, I might be with you on that one. That, that was a Unless fun level. Unless you're stupid. Unless you're stupid <laughs> as hell and you shoot the monk. <laughs> and it won't be so fun. Yeah, Did any don't of shoot us... him. Okay, yeah. I, I was reading. I did shoot him once just to see what would happen. And the, But then I, as the spears got pointed towards me, I hit load real fast. <laughs> I didn't shoot him. What happens? Uh, they turn. If you shoot one, they all turn on you. Really? Uh-huh. I, I think like they their, give uh... you a leeway of maybe one shot if you, <laughs> you correct only, yourself. But... You can only shoot one monk once, and they're like, hey. What? Because like in the, don't in, do that again. <laughs> in that level, they kill the bad guys for you. They kill Bartoli's henchmen. And there's a lot of parts in that game where you start hearing fight, and you go, oh, I'm just going to stand here in the back and just wait <laughs> until whoever's alive, and I'll just kill if there's any left. And they do a really good job with their spears killing them. Like, they, they're yeah. really good at it. I love the look of the Barking Monk. They got that, like, the Snow Leopard like, skin vest over top of a shirt. Like, something about their look, I just really dig. They were cool. They were really they had, cool. Like, orange armbands and belts and the red parachute pants. 
they were it it was just a fun level and it made sense it made sense of the puzzles you were doing it made you had to get a lot of freaking items in that level though like i will yeah. say that like that would have been a bitch if i didn't have a guide i would have easily yeah. missed one of the prayer beads and not been able to get through the final door easily because you had to do some complicated stuff but i do love the fact that you have other enemies fighting your enemies for you yeah for big chunks of the game or big chunks of this level yeah. that was cool the enemy of my enemy is my friend well, Which is the story enemy. of every like, Tomb Raider game. <laughs> like they, they don't even care what you're doing in their temple. They don't care that you're trying to get their treasure. I think you're trying to get no, you're trying to unlock a catacomb to do something. But they don't even care. Like none of that matters to them. You gotta go kill all their yetis, and they're like, hey, we like those yetis. <laughs> that's later. They don't know about the yetis aren't here yet. They, that's, that's next level. I'm surely they know about the yetis. They have to know about the yetis. Well, well the I Tibetan think... monks did hold hold yetis and yet. The Tibetan monks did hold yetis in high revere. I might not have cut that in real life, really? Yeah. That, but, that would mean the yetis are real. Crazy. How great would it be if, like, the way we found out about uh, yetis was we just saw a picture of, like, the Dalai Lama with his arm around a yeti giggling. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we all learned. There was only one part of that level I hated. What did you say, uh, Nikki? I said at that point I'd have to question him about where the T Rex is. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> point. Always, always a part of me controlling the world, riding his T Rex with his Yeti army. <laughs> uh, I always wonder if Yeti. I mean, I could believe Yeti could be real. Um, I really like cryptozoology. I don't. Yetis are like Yetis and Sasquatches and stuff. They're like the probably like the most realistic. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where when you when you do hear about cryptos, it's always the one that I go, like, oh, you know, it could be like it, yeah. it's I mean, I don't think it is. I feel like we would have ran into I mean, unless it's like a really a freak case where there's very, very few of these creatures. But I've always kind of been like, yeah, I mean, it could be. I could see it. It's certainly you know? more likely than like lock like the Loch Ness Monster or the Jersey Devil. Yeah, well, Loch Ness Monster was a guy who did a prank and it went way too far. <laughs> The Jersey Devil is just, just Jersey. It's just the result yeah. of living in Jersey. <laughs> Start seeing it's, things. It's, oh, a but... mi- it's a mix between a, a uh, is it something real or is it something Ben Franklin made up to mo- poke fun at a rival? Yeah. What always confused me is like Jersey Devil and the Mothman. They those shouldn't be cryptids in my mind because those are like supernatural beings. Mothman is a very interesting idea, though. It is, but he's like supernatural. He's not a cryptid. Yeah, no, he's not a creature. He's a, he's a kind of like a figure or a person or some kind or a demon of some some kind of supernatural being. Yeah. Like there's a really good movie called Moth and Prophecy. <laughs> well, there's it. a movie. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> seen the movie, read the book. I didn't read the book. I seen the movie. Creeped the hell out of me. But okay, back to Superman <laughs> two. Anyway, let's talk about the next hour of this podcast. We're gonna be talking about Chupacabras. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me of Shadow Hearts three. And that one movie where uh, the guy from Chips uh, ran over a bunch of them with a, a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, but when you get into the catacombs, because as I was playing this game, Richard kept talking about the Yeti. Kept talking about the Yeti. Oh, they okay, two shotgun shots. Sh- shotgun shots, not shots. Um, shotgun <laughs> shots. <laughs> blast. That's what we call it down here in the South. Shotgun <laughs> shots. Um, and yeah, when I finally... Shotgun shots take down them Sam Squatches. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally got to the Yetis, I was like, oh, it's a Yeti! Then it punched me in the face, and, and I was like, okay, load. But I like fighting the Yetis. I used a shotgun a lot on the Yetis. 
but I, I liked them. I didn't have a problem with them in the game. I thought they were cool in that level. Like, they're in a lot of cages. Whoever was in this place, because you don't, I don't think you see any monks down here, do you? I want to say. No, I didn't see any down there. Okay, yeah. Like, who the hell captured all these Yetis and what are they eating? That was my big question. Maybe the other Yetis captured them. Yeah, you know, that could work. Or maybe there's there. like, a, like a better Yeti somewhere that. Well, there is a, bit, a better Yeti somewhere, which we'll mention. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in another game, there are like, um, there are like, well, in Tomb Raider Underworld, there are Yeti thralls, which is a whole thing. In Tomb Raider Underworld, they kind of like, like these games are goofy, but Underworld throws the idea of realism completely out the window, where like you get, you literally get Thor's hammer at some point. And you're killing like Yeti thralls with Thor's hand. Why didn't we play that game? Because <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> you get to be Thor and more at the same time. You get to be female Thor. Thor. Before oh. Marvel came up with the idea. No, they Thor, came up with the idea way, way before. Thor, Korf. What if? Um, it's an early what if in the 80s, I want to say, the first appearance of, of th- female Thor. Oh, okay. what if Thor was uh, a lady? Lady Thor? What if, what if uh, Jane Foster was Thor? Is the book. Oh, I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. It wasn't worth a lot of money. It is now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's worth a shitload of money now, isn't yep. it? Yeah, I own money. the... Because it's considered the first appearance of, of Jane Foster as Thor now, even though it's a what-if book and nobody cared. Same as Spectacular Spider-Ham was a book that nobody cared about. And I saw it many times, like a dollar, and I never bought... Or like five bucks, never bought it. Now it's like an book. And so. look what fucking Marvel's doing now. Can I, I'm going to say I fucking called it. I fucking called it. Marvel's just doing all their what-if storylines. I I'm okay said, I said for years. No, no one believe me. Jane Foster actually does become Thor later in the comics, in the one of the newer, in one of the when Thor becomes unworthy. Okay, well, we'll okay you Thor. Thor, uh, in the new movies because I, I don't can know go a lot. Any of their contracts have been signed yet. I can go a lot farther in, in Marvel <laughs> than I'm going to on this episode. But I actually, I, I didn't mind the catacomb, but it was a little like, and I and I know the catacomb leading the ice palace, and I don't really remember the ice palace very well. But I want to say you don't fight any of Bertoldi's thugs down here, do you? In this place, I think it's uh, um, Yetis. You fight Yetis, Snow Leopards. Uh, you do fight some Fiamanera. Um, yeah, yeah. The, you fight, and you fight catfish. <laughs> that made no sense when the you had like the bear. Wait, was they reused that same skin like three times? Yeah. The barracuda fish. Yeah, that was stupid. It's it's, <laughs> it's not a barracuda because it's it wasn't a Dimores. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Amore? It's Amore. Amore. Is it when the moon hits your eye <laughs> like a big piece of damn big eels that were in the... Uh, oh, yeah, those are annoying. Uh, eels have also been a running theme in uh, Tomb Raider. They like their eels, they like their, their tigers, they like their bears. Oh, my. <laughs> Good one. Oh. The eels reminded me of Mario 60. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big dumb eel. I, every time I see <laughs> an eel in a game, I can... That last I'm... one, yeah. I can see that. Every yeah. eel in a game, all I can think of is the fucking the big dumb eels from Majora's Mask that like come out of the the caves that oh, bite you. Oh, that the... where you get the you get the heart piece in the bottle or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, they just have the big stupid face. You have to go get the Zora eggs, I think, from that area. <laughs> just like Ugh. see more. This is an episode twenty-seven of games my mom found. Yeah, we talk about the dumb worried eels. <laughs> I'm sure I say the same exact thing. I say I I'm can't sure remember I call them the big stupid face eels. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh. <laughs> Okay, right, back but, to the catacombs and the ice palace. Yes, I was okay. So throughout uh, playing the ice palace, Richard had been talking about a stupid chicken. I'm like, what the hell is a big giant chicken gonna be doing? I, and I didn't. I was like, 
I was very confused. And then I'm I'm playing, I'm playing, and even the guy said, "Watch out for the big chicken." So I'm expecting a giant chicken. What I got was a chicken that went to the gym for the last ten years. That's what I got. And I was like, "What the hell?" And then I see him as this giant buff-looking yeti that's huge with a chicken beak. It's like a chimera thing. But it's terrible. Really, just imagine, imagine like whatever the like imagine like a swole eagle. Cut like walking out to the America song from Team America World Police because that's basically what this thing is. It's a a big ass swole eagle, and every time it walks out, it's like America. I was trying to glitch this fight, but I couldn't get it to glitch. You can you can jump down, jump up, and then shoot him, and he can't hit you. But really? he, every time you jump up, he just runs the other side of the room and won't come back. Yep. Yeah, I didn't have that much issue with him running, so I just I just kept jumping around him. I just I just kept backing up and shooting him, and it took a while, but I killed him. Because again, <laughs> I was conserving all my ammo for what I don't know. I was just conserving it. So <laughs> I was, was that was I, the battle. I said, "This is my Uzis. Meet my Uzis." <laughs> I I didn't use anything really. I just kept saving my ammo, saving my ammo. I had like three thousand Uzi rounds at one point, and yeah, they, I still had them when I beat the game. By the way, so, oh, and you weren't grabbing the secrets? No, I wasn't. I just used the handgun so much in this game. I would find ways to kill someone with the handgun and either not get hurt or just use a med pack and save the ammo. I kept saving them for later <laughs> levels, and then I ran out of levels. So for uh, for our audience's sake, once you get to the like the Tibetan um temple, the monastery. This is where the game is just like, fuck it. We're going to have yetis. We're going to have giant chicken people. <laughs> just one. Just Yeah, just the one. And the, we're not going to explain anything about them. We're not going to tell you why yet. We're not even going to have you react to the fact that yetis are real or there's this giant eagle chimera. No, there's, just no, there's not a lot of lore in this game. Like, there's nothing to pick up. There's nothing to yeah. read. There's a couple cutscenes, a couple of voiceovers that are hard to hear. There's not a lot of, like, it, it doesn't give you a lot of story. <laughs> It makes me want to go play the new games and not pick up any notes to see how little story I get without reading anything. <laughs> to see I if could I like... have easily put the Tomb Raider reboot on the show and I, instead of this. I, <laughs> I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> I noticed. I learned. Maybe I was really four. worried. Like that's one reason why I made sure to say PS One. We right before we started, I started playing this for the show. I just wanted to make sure you meant this one and not the <laughs> reboot one. I was like, I'm gonna just double check. He meant Tomb Raider Two or PS One. It would be funny if everybody else played Rise and I played this old game. <laughs> like, these guys say this game is great. I thought it was really hard. <laughs> oh, it is really hard. I mean, that's one thing that we cannot stress enough in this game. Even it is very difficult because, I mean, like the jumps are very spot on. There's a lot of them where if you don't have it lined up just right or the timing's off. You're going to get hurt. You're going to die. Yeah. And I think you can even screw yourself if you use too many med packs. There's certain parts in this game you have to get hurt in order to get through it, I feel, I feel like. Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. Significantly yeah. less giant swole chickens in the new games, which is disappointing. I'm okay with that. A hundred percent I never need to see another chicken that looks like the Hulk ever again in my life. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, Nice Palace was the first of two levels with the damn springboards in it. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah. Fucking Christ. <laughs> that was hell. And then you would jump up, she would spring up, but you missed your jump, she falls down, and, clunk, and she looks like she's a marionette doll and just, just crumbles in pieces and screams. Yep. A lot of screaming the, went on in this game. Is it one of the secrets, or there's like a guy in a door you have to keep jumping and shooting him, and it's just 
so annoying. Like, yeah, I don't you know gotta if... shoot that one bell. Yeah, you, it's a yep, bell. That's not a secret. That's, that's not a secret. Not okay. a secret. That that's is, just... you had to do it. Yeah, yeah. You have to jump up, shoot bells, and land, and grab it. Ugh. Okay, there's a there's a couple parts of the game you have to jump across, backflip, jump again, backflip, jump again. Like I actually got the hang of the controls by the end of this game, like really freaking good. You have to jump on something, jump over, hold down X, grab the ledge, pull up, jump off. Like you, it gets very complicated with the with the controls. It, it gets it was a lot at certain points, but I I did like the supernatural aspect that they had near the end of this game that kind of keeps continuing. Like I, it reminded me spoilers for Uncharted. It, it reminded me of the Uncharted series where you always have a little bit of supernatural near the end of the game, at least in the first one and the first two for sure. Well, that Three. came from Tomb Raider. <laughs> that was okay, like, yeah, yeah. Uncharted was tell. like, it's kind of weird because Tomb Raider Uncharted was like, better. we want to make an Indiana Jones game. Oh, we don't have access to Indiana Jones's license. We'll make our own character that's basically like Indiana Jones. But it's a girl. And then from from Tomb Raider, they were like. Oh, we want to make our own Tomb Raider. We'll call it Uncharted, and we'll have Nathan Drake be the protagonist. And then the new Tomb Raiders came out. And they're like, "Like, hold my beer, Uncharted. We're we're gonna make your games, but better." There's also a really good Indiana Jones game that plays like Tomb Raider. Yeah, they all just like copy each other. It's this very strict genre that just is like, like they're all just like taking from each other. I think it's called Emperor's Tomb or something. It's for Xbox in that era. Yeah. I really want to play it on the show. Is that the one where you jump on people's faces as Indiana Jones? <laughs> I don't remember, but I know you can whip and swing, and I beat it on regular Xbox yeah. a long time ago. I think it is. You like There's a move where you can like jump on people's face, and like I don't know what you do. It's just a really weird animation. You like hop on them, and it's like you're holding onto their head with like your knees wrapped around their shoulders. <laughs> it's just like you, okay. like you pop off, and they're dead. I don't know what he does, I but don't it's remember really this, funny but... animation. Okay. But one thing, like, after you kill that, right before you kill the big chicken monster, I know you grab a, a talon or a date. You grab some, I guess you call it a talon, but is that what you, I think that's the whole purpose of what she was doing in Tibet yeah. was to get this item. Okay. And, and then after the talon, you kill. And the giant chicken thing is called the guardian of the talon. Yeah. And he wakes up after you grab it. Then you got to kill him. Then the level ends. And then you go back to China. It's not a talon. A talon. It's a, like, talion. T-A-L-I-O-N. Talion. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like a talon back. like you would get off a bird, even though we're talking about giant chicken bird things. It's not a bird talon. It's Italian, which is like a whole, like it's like a uh, like Chinese wallet type thing. The old Chinese wallet, where it's just like the thing they would hook on their belts. Did this tell her where to go in China? Because then you, right after this, you go to the Temple of Zion or Zion, wherever the hell it is. You basically go back through the Great Wall yeah. into that door to open it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I did not pay enough attention. Yeah. The place where the where Claudio killed himself. It'd be great if Claudio's body was still there. That that was like the that was like one of the silliest like B movie scenes ever. She's walking towards the dagger, and she's just walking. All of a sudden, the floor the floor goes out. Which I knew was happening because I read the guide. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's also one of those scenes where you just like you feel like it's gonna happen. You're like oh, something surprised the hell out of me the first time I played it. <laughs> I was like, this is an Indiana Jones moment. This is. This is taking the thing off the pedestal and something like a, either a boulder is going to come out or the floor is going to collapse and I'm going to have to run. There were, hey, there were boulders in this game. A lot of them in this game. You had to run from them throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah. Why would they have so many boulders in their own damn monastery, too? It's like an ancient barking tradition is you get boulders and you put them up somewhere high and you don't secure them. You just trust that they will be there. <laughs> you leave and you just let them be. And it's like, it's like a trust exercise with 
uh, whatever god they believe in. That's how you know this wasn't California. Barking. <laughs> they wouldn't have been there. Uh, I don't know. They never explain the Barking religion. They're just like a group of people. Maybe they, I think they, they worship the dragon. I'm assuming. Let's say or they no, worship the dagger. It's something to do with that dagger. I want to say for the Temple of Z and possibly they were trying to keep the dagger from being claimed. Uh, that didn't work out so well. Yeah. Good job, yeah. assholes. And they seal it off. Okay. You, this that the Temple of Zion that is when it was the hardest level for me. Yep. It's the hardest level in the game. It's two. It took me two hours to beat that level with a guide. And <laughs> I don't think that. Through. It's fucking long. When I first played the le- the game, and got to that level, I got a good way through it, and then I got to those damn spiders. Fucking spiders. Are you Ugh. scared of spiders then? I, I have arach- I have a bit of ra- of arachnophobia. Okay. Don't I mean, ever play Dragon hand- Age. <laughs> I can handle. I mean, I had a hard time playing the Resident Evil remake. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, to and, be fair, those are big spiders. Man. They look very realistic. Yeah, and I managed to get through. I mean, I knew they were coming, but I had a hard time with this one. <laughs> I mean, when I first played this many years ago on a Windows 95 computer, I literally used the level skip cheat when I was first facing that. So when I got to that part in the game and I was recording it, I'm like, I'm not skipping it. I'm going to get through this level. I am not going to... And then got surprised when I hit the two-hour mark and found that the recording cut off, and that was just at the end of the level. But, I mean, like, I was going to make it through it, or I was never going to do it again. <laughs> are you, uh, uh, are you the kind of person who, like, you have to install the arachnophobia mod when you play Skyrim to, to get rid of all the spiders in it? I've never played a, I've never oh. played Skyrim, so... Because that always surprised me, because the spiders in Skyrim, I don't think, look very realistic. So they never bother me. But there was a mod for Oblivion that had Black Widow spiders, and you fight them in the dark, and you can barely see them, and that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I think that would be the more the case. I mean, I knew these, I knew these things were going to show up, and I even told Mike, there's about like three size spiders in the game: small, normal, and oh hell no. <laughs> I like how they get smaller and smaller as the games go on too. <laughs> like Shadow of Tomb Raider, they're like like little <laughs> tiny spiders under rocks. <laughs> I think in, like, the Relic game, they're really tiny, at least comparatively on the screen. They were only for a small part in this game, though, I felt like. They weren't for yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, there's just, at some point, there's a lot of them. On the- yeah, I mean, yeah got- they would never play Penumbra Overture then, by the way. Yeah, yeah. probably won't. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fucking spiders. Yeah. Fuck Similarly, it. I can't play Stranded Deep, because open water. Why do you live next to the ocean? I don't go into the ocean. <laughs> I don't have to be the. I don't work in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> Surprising, surprisingly, for my job, I I get to stay on shore most of the time. I mean, and all the, like the lava made me laugh too. Like in this game, they took the water, they made it red, and that's the same exact physics. Like she falls and it's just like she jumped in the water, but her health just vanishes in a in a second. Yeah, hey, that's a lot better than the lava in the first game. I never yeah. played the first game. My favorite is when. The lava is on the ceiling, and the water is on the ground. And it's just no sense. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, I mean they did some well, really annoying islands too. Oh, yeah, did the floating islands. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. You aren't really in like reality anymore. That's true. You, you got Yeti. Yeti. Is that 
So in the end of the Temple of Zion level, because he gets the dagger, and that's when he plunges the dagger into himself, like in the yeah. opening cutscene. Okay, and that the floating islands are what was created by that. Yeah, yeah. he opens a gate to the final level of Half Life, and you have to go there and help Gordon Freeman take that, out the dragon. That, that was funny. Zen, that's what it's called. <laughs> I got that. I got that reference, even I though I've reference. never played Half Life that far. But I got that. Reference. It's the exact same as Half Life. Yeah, you get to the end of the game and. Suddenly, you're in a floating island end world, and you have to kill okay. this giant supernatural being. I can't be the only one that thought I was in the Wizard of Oz when I saw the floating, like, weird guardian just coming towards me from far away. <laughs> That's what I thought of. I was thinking of Wizard of Oz monkeys, and they're just standing there holding the sword, just floating towards me, and I would just, uh, I did. These guardians were a bitch to fight, though, too. They <laughs> yeah, were, they were. Uh, I mean, Unless... I, I know there's a trick you can blow them up with the grenades before they activate, which I was saving the grenades. Why? Eh, no real reason, to be honest, I found out. But... I, uh, ironically enough, that trick doesn't work on the computer. It doesn't really? work? Huh. It doesn't work on the computer, no. Huh. I tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> I really liked the CN Warriors in this, though. I thought they were really cool. They were cool. They just they were bullet sponges. And oh, one I mean, thing everything they do is a bullet sponge. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Like, if they kill you with the spears, they throw her up in the air. If they, if they get the last hit with the spears. And they'll throw her up in the air above the spears. Like almost hold her on it. It felt it looked like before I hit load. I like the ones that have the giant yeah. swords. <laughs> he did a lot of damage though. They have like the Buster Sword from uh, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, it was yeah. close to it. They At least they made sense. Damage. They had and... muscles and they were big. They weren't a little yeah. guy with with a ball for a hand. Okay, I so guess, it made like, more sense. Look, if you're in the if you're in the the Laura Croft Tomb Raider universe and you get stuck in an alternate reality. What are you going to do? You're going to get swole. That's all you can do. You're going to lift. All you, You're stuck in an alternate reality with giant boulders. You're going to have to learn how to lift. Oh, and there were some super tough jumps in the floating islands, too. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, there yeah. Really tough. I, I mean, saving after, like, every jump. Yeah, I think you're supposed to. I mean, you're up in the air the whole time. It was just, it. I mean, I it was testing me. Like, I, I, beat, the, I beat Temple of Zion and floating islands. And the rest of the game all in one night. Well, Temple of Zion took me like all day, but I beat I beat the I finished. I once at that point I was just like I was done. I was like I need to beat this game and be done with it. I don't have to play it again. Uh, but I want to say the Floating Islands did have the Bartoli thugs. They came back again, and they come back. We also have to fight the Guardians and the Bartoli thugs. And there's one really shitty room where you drop in. You drop into this room, and there's like six of the Guardians and like four or five Bartoli thugs. And I just stood there, eight med packs. And just unloaded the Uzis into them, because if you walk too far, it would start activating all the guardians. Yeah. And that was that was miserable. See, that's where that's where you uh, best strategy is. You drop the cage, and you just jump around that central area there that where that that cage is closed, and just shoot the guys while they're trying to throw their knives at you. And as you're jumping, they're throwing them at you, but they're aiming where you were, so they keep missing you. They, I. I couldn't do it. I was never good at any of that jumping in this game. Like I said, I didn't learn how to roll until very near the end of the game. I realized, oh, roll is like a 360 turn. Oh, yeah, way you need too that late. Roll. Yeah, and you need that roll to climb up some of those ladders, too. <laughs> That's how I learned it, by the way. Because you had, oh, you had to climb up a ladder, jump off a ladder, hit the roll button so she turns around before you hit the ladder on the other side. Like, it was ridiculous. It was. I mean, that, 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 that was not nice. Is it uh? Is it time to talk about Bartoli's plan? Sure, we're near the end. Yeah. So uh, yeah. At this point in the game, you've come across 
you're you're fighting Bartoli to get the dagger. Bartoli gets it, stabs himself. He's carried off, and the next time you see him, Bartoli is a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're fighting his henchmen and these ancient like warriors frozen in another reality, and Bartoli's just the dragon in that reality. But is that his end game? Is just to be a dragon in a different reality, like a different dimension? Well, the dragon could come back to our reality. Yeah, yeah but I mean, that's... like, like an F twenty two, I feel like could still take out a dragon. Like at the end of the day, a dragon is a flesh and blood creature. <laughs> well, not this dragon. The only it's... thing that kills the dragon is removing that dagger. Yeah, but if you hit that dragon with like a fucking predator missile, then surely the dagger would fly out. Like, <laughs> like his end game is to just be the dragon. I guess to take over the world as the dragon. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a very roundabout way to take over the world. It's like, ah, oh, yes, now I'm the dragon. Yeah, well, we didn't stand much of a chance in that movie Reign of Fire, did we? Well, there were a lot of dragons <laughs> in Reign of Fire. Bartoli is one dragon. It's also a shitty movie. That movie's great. I saw it in theaters. Oh, we're going to fight over this now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we do in this podcast? I haven't also, seen like... the movie. I just know the lore. It's okay. <laughs> you don't need to. So, but hey, I mean, it was, it was still like, Wisconsin. At the end of the day, you might control the world, but you're still stuck as a dragon. Now, maybe I'm not seeing the benefit and of being a dragon. mortal dragon. Yeah. yeah. And a mortal fight, dragon. When you fight the dragon, I actually... actually okay, so I, when I was fighting, I blew it up. I went in the water to go get more ammo, and then I realized he wakes back up. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was not happy. And I, I then I killed him a second time, and I had to save and load about four times because she would not grab the dagger out of his belly. <laughs> she just wouldn't do it. I'd walk up, hit the button, nothing. I even had to watch a video to see what the other guy did, and I'm like, I'm doing this, and I kept doing it, and finally it just worked. <laughs> so, yeah. Classic PS1 jank. Yep. I like how if you if you took a long time to get to the end of this game, and you, like, forgot that initial cutscene, I cannot imagine how long it would take somebody to realize, oh, I've got to take the dagger out of the dragon's stomach. Which I'm sure happened, because if you think about it, I mean, this is a long game. Like, this game took yeah. me... 20 hours to beat it, and I would have never beat it in, in, a, in two weeks unless I, I had to for this podcast. And I was a kid. I could have seen this game lasting me months. I'm sure it did for people who played it when it first came out, like Nikki. I mean, yeah. you, I mean chance are you're not going to remember the first cutscene anymore. Yeah, it literally took me two years, I think, to beat it, because <laughs> I was stuck in an earlier level of just, like, jumping over the barrel, or not the barrels, the snowballs in the Tibetan level that roll at you. I could yeah. not get that jump down, and I died there forever. So finally, I broke down, and I went to, uh, God, I want to say it was like Walmart or something back then, and uh, I bought a Game Shark just for infinite health so I would could eat damage and not die. I when I was younger. Hey, oh, I, I barely <laughs> beat it as an adult. Don't feel bad. This game is hard. <laughs> is there a way we can play this with a Game Shark now? Yes. <laughs> I want to point out that I, um, yes, there is. When I initially looked up how long this game took to beat. I what I saw was somebody saying, "Oh, it only takes about like nine hours," and I was like, "Oh, that's not that oh, bad." Nineteen, or 18. not realizing that, looked... that yeah, nine hours is like if you've played this game several times before and you know everything about it. That's right. a nine-hour game. Going yeah. into this like blind or after years of not playing it, yeah, this is like a twenty-hour game for easy. Yeah, if not more. I like I could see somebody spending. I could see somebody spending up to 30 or 40 hours in this game just exploring. Like, if somebody wasn't, if you're not good at puzzles, this game's going to take you a long ass time. 
Yeah. yeah. Honestly, even if you're just like unlucky with puzzles, because a lot of it is like um, trial and error. And if you just if you're just unlucky and you're not doing the right thing, it's going to take you a long time to, to navigate where you need to go and what you need to do. So many puzzles are like, oh, we've hidden this puzzle behind this random painting. I mean, there's so many things that I would have. I feel like I never would have figured out if it wasn't for me reading a guy that told me what to do. Because there's just so many strange things. Yeah, you know this. I was, uh, just, go ahead. I was just looking at uh, my uh, playtime since I got it off GOG, and my total playtime of the game. Now, this probably includes re, you know, redoing levels because of mistakes yeah. made. <laughs> yeah, and uh, reloads and that. Uh, total time of 24 hours and one minute. Yeah, it's 100%. And that was also, remember, I've played it before, and I've beaten it before. Now, of course, one level I used the level skip cheat to get past before. Which one was that again? The Temple of Zeon, because damn okay. spiders. <laughs> okay, makes sense. In general, it makes sense. That level is horrid. Yeah, so. I just don't understand the plan. <laughs> I just don't understand why you made us play this. I'm a dragon. Don't understand. I'm an immortal dragon. <laughs> uh. We haven't got well, we haven't addressed the final level yet. Oh yeah, yeah. This game has a uh, after credit scene. Well, An you, epilogue level. Yeah, yeah, which I was saving all my ammo for. I was un very very unhappy when I found out that she <laughs> has no ammo and no weapon. Everything I saved meant nothing. Yep. No, and she had another get... outfit change. She's wearing a nightgown now. Let's say she doesn't even have clothing at this point. There's <laughs> a nightgown. She has a, yeah, like a nightgown. on, like a robe. Can I tell a story about that real quick? Yeah, please. Go ahead. So back in the day, I don't know, like who knows or remembers this, but if you took PlayStation games and put them in like a stereo or your CD player, you could just listen to the audio files off of it. Really? And I, oh yeah. And I remember doing that, and you get to the one where you hear, you know, the very end where she's taking the shower and everything before she shoots the screen. And I was like, wait, what is that? I have to find out whatever this is. And then I started to look on the internet, and you see things like, oh, the Tomb Raider, like, nude codes and things like that. So that further led me into, like, oh, I got to play this game. She's naked in it somewhere, even though that's not the case at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is very, like, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, she... You have to kill all the Bart, like the rest of the Bartoli guys have tracked you down in your mansion. Yeah, and you've you got to like yeah. kill them all. And then while your you, while your mansion is filled with like the bloody corpses of the Bartoli mafia, you're you're like ah, I'll take a shower before I call the cops. <laughs> and then as she's about to take the shower, I think it doesn't it like it. it she yeah, verse to the camera and she says something I couldn't hear it. Don't you think you've seen enough? Yep. Okay, that's and then I I couldn't understand it. And then it just she shoots the camera. She shoots the camera, which to be fair, is like that's a clever way to end it. Like, and then ah. the last trolling to the people who just want to see Laura naked. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that's another I thing was... too. After you defeated their boss as a giant immortal dragon, why do they still come and attack you at your place? Like, yeah. clearly they they can't take you on by now, right? Well, she was ready for the dragon. They had to wait for her to be like about to take a shower. They're like, oh, surely she won't be ready for that now. Well, I mean. She was ready for that too. She had a cupboard stocked with like eight hundred pounds of shotgun ammo. <laughs> Her shotgun. I well, I keep my shotgun cabinet right next to my shower just in case. The best time, <laughs> the best time to be grabbing blindly for a shotgun is when you're wet and you're not wearing your glasses. 
<laughs> you can't see, and you, you, you don't know where the floor mat is. <laughs> oh, that was that was actually pretty funny. The butler in the freezer, right? Yeah, I never did. What? No, I never did. I didn't know you could until I was reading other people's comments about it. Yeah, and apparently you can lock uh, lock the big the the final boss in the freezer too. Really? Yeah. Oh, does he die? No. <laughs> no, nothing happens. Yeah. They're just stuck there. You hear them groaning against the door, but <laughs> well, I was a little surprised when I walked around the corner. I did find the big boss guy and shot the hell and finished him with the shotgun. But cool. Or Winston. Winston used to be so fat and short. That's the butler? Yeah, it's the butler. Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen the movies and any of that in a very long time. I think he had the... Well, is it the third game where he basically looks like... He looks like a little goblin? I have no... I, I'd have to relook at that. Oh. I, I think it's in the third game where he's like... He's just so short and fat. He's like bringing you something. And I always see a screenshot of it. And just, he looks like a little goblin to me. Like He doesn't look human. <laughs> he's like three feet tall, hunched over. Looks like Igor. <laughs> yeah, well, let's face it. Uh, the butler, well, Hillary in the two mo- the Angelina Jolie movies is a lot better looking than Winston is. Although I have you have no recollection of what you're talking about. You've never seen the movies. <laughs> I have, but I was much younger. <laughs> I bet, yeah, Hillary in the movies was like more less Igor and more like discount Colin Firth. Isn't there a robot or something she fights in the movies too? Um, uh, yeah, it's actually yeah. her training. Uh, training. Okay, toy. okay. Yeah. I remember that. I remember, and I remember James Bond is in the first movie. That's all. Yes, I that is true. Before he yeah. became James Bond. Yeah, yeah. No, Daniel okay. Craig is doing a very bad American accent in the first movie. It's like, hey, how you doing, Lara? Like that's how it sounds. We should do that movie on the show. <laughs> it's oh, so. Oh, he's the he was the male equivalent. Yeah, he was like the yeah. romantic love interest. They hired before, him uh, or something. I don't. Remember much? Who was oh my god! Movie? That scene with him, that that one scene with him gave me one hell of a laugh when I saw it in the theaters. Who uh, was it? It wasn't Gerard Butler in the second one, was it? I haven't. I saw the second I one once in theaters. Look that up. It's been years since I watched it. I think I was sec- to my daughter the other day. I have to. I have to watch those with her. I mean, let's face <laughs> it. So Mark Croft is a good, you know, in some ways, is a good female role model. It's a strong female role model. Funny enough, in in this game, I don't know. Did they, was it in three when they felt like they had to introduce like a a love interest for her? In the first and second game, she didn't have a love interest. She was she didn't just, have a love interest yeah. in the third one, as far as I could tell. At some point, they start like they tried to introduce. I a love think interest. that was an angel of darkness, from what I've read. Was it really that late in the series? That's like that's fourth. A, that's the fourth one, right? Or the or not even farther than that. Sixth that's one, I six. think. But, I mean, I always really liked that she didn't have a romantic interest. She was just, like... She's a strong female. Yeah, strong female character. Like, I mean, granted, they, like, completely were over-sexualizing her for, like, to sell the game. But in terms yeah. of in the game, <laughs> like, all the whole the whole marketing for this game was, hey, check out how hot boobs are. And everyone was like, okay, yeah. But <laughs> this is PlayStation 1. I mean, yeah. this, to us, this was amazing graphics. Yeah. But, like, in the time. game, she's, like, I mean, she's not... The first three games passed the uh, the Bechdel test, I think. What's the Bechdel test? The Bechdel test is, like, it's a test to determine... It's kind of like an unofficial test to determine how, like, strong a female character is in a movie. Basically, it's, uh... A movie passes a Bechdel test if, at any point in the movie, 
a woman is not talking about a man that she's interested in or I'll have to look it up. Um, exactly. Okay. That's interesting, though. Yeah. I've heard of this before. The movie has Here to have I. at least two women in it. The women have to talk to each other and they have to talk to each other about something besides a man. Mm-hmm. And this is this this is true. Like when you, if you start watching movies with this in mind, you realize how few movies pass this test. It's yeah, you know, I kind of I think I remember seeing something where Alien had a scene that was not in the in the movie because I see it saw it in a comic adaptation. I think I read it in the novelization that eliminated a scene where Lambert and Ripley were talking about like a sexual encounter with <laughs> with the other guys about the oh. other guys in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they cut it and they were like, I think by cutting that scene, it passed the Bechdel test. Like, Pacific Rim doesn't pass the test. And that's a pretty new movie. I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't, I think, I don't know if Last Jedi or Force Awakens pass it. What? Last Jedi? What? I never heard of that movie. I, heard, I know the word Jedi, but that movie, that's not a movie. <laughs> I got canceled, I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got canceled. Yeah. In Force Awakens, Ray talks to Leia, but they talk about. Han and Luke. Yeah, so then... That movie. Oh. But they don't talk about him in, like, a romantic way, but they are talking about... Oh, man. So I guess, yeah, Force Awakens doesn't pass it. Because I can't think of any other scene where they're talking to each other and it's not about Luke. Alright. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing where, like, there's, like, it's, like, part of... There's two tests I always keep in mind when I'm watching movies. It's the Bechdel test and the Plinkett test from Red Letter Media where you have to... Dis- the Plinkett test is you have to uh, describe a character in a way where you don't talk about you don't mention their name their occupation or what they're wearing and if you can describe a character without mentioning those three things they're a good character so i like <laughs> again with star wars but like you can mention han solo without saying like oh he's a smuggler you could say oh he's he's like brave but he's conniving and he's got this uh very like roguish attitude and he so, didn't shoot first and uh he did shoot first um <laughs> not anymore yeah not not anymore. Someone gets that joke out there. There was a Hard Times article today that was like uh, George Lucas's daughter upset that. <laughs> did you see? Did you see that? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Upset about she found the special cut of her high school graduation. <laughs> yeah, she found her graduation tape and it was a special edition version of it. <laughs> she wrote on the stage on it, do bag. All right, I think we should go. Anyway, to... those are two tests that are interesting. That <laughs> the both like I guess the first four Tomb Raider games all pass, which is interesting. It's an interesting thing to know. Okay. I think we should mention, uh, I think we should go to listener questions, comments, and memories now. I didn't get a ton of feedback for this game because I think most people haven't played it, but I did get some. Um, I'm actually listening right now, or not listening, what am I listening to myself? But from the, this is from the Tomb Raider group. First thing I want to say, from Robbie Toes, we're going to say Toes, I would replay the first level just so I can jump down in the cave just so I could kill the T-Rex, my child self felt badass for beating him. I didn't even know it was in the damn game until I read that comment and I looked it up. Because <laughs> I skipped it. <laughs> Another one from Gary Woodburn. Loved it. Played maybe 1999. That's a good time to still play this game and still really, like, playing it in 2019 for the first time. Eh, not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> but you know that's what happens when you when you have this, when you when you do this podcast. Uh, another one from Rob Heyerdahl. My very first game played on PS One. Such wonderful memories. Nineteen seven seems like a lifetime ago. 
it was a lifetime ago. We're in 2019. It's over. It's been a long damn time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was four when this game came out. <laughs> I was nine. I was nine. Yeah. Okay, we're the same age. Yeah, you're making me, I'm making me the old fogey here. I was. Uh, you knew that already. <laughs> yeah, it was like 20, 22, 23 when I first played it. In 1997 or? 98, probably. <laughs> and then here's another one from J.P. Marin. Said the scenarios, the mythos, the story, the costumes, especially the S.O.L.A. wetsuit, the dragon, the weird and eerie level where there are where there are floating mountains, the Maria Doria vessel, the monastery, the amazing score by Nathan McCree, the three secret dragons to collect, which we never actually said yet. Um <laughs> In this episode, driving through Venice, the speedboat, fighting a Yeti, fighting the Guardian of the, of the Italian, running through the Great Wall of China, the levels layout and atmosphere, the traps and puzzles. It's just an epic game from start to finish. I agree with that. I really thought that kind of capitalized on a lot of different things that went on in this game. So I wanted to read that. Like, there, it, it still is a very cool game. I mean, there are things I don't like about it, but it's still a very cool game. Obviously, and, the person didn't, yeah. didn't like the giant spiders either. Yeah, I don't. And this is one from a from a guy who was previous on the show, and it's going to be on the show soon. We kind of answered this, but I'm going to mention anyway. So from Michael Hughes, did everyone lock the butler in the freezer, right? I didn't know I could until I read that comment. <laughs> it's the safest place for him. No, honestly, yeah. I mean, he'd be dead. He'd be it's dead like, pretty quickly. It's his natural habitat. It's where he belongs. Uh, <laughs> he's already old, so I guess you make him a, a zombie. Just, just trying to preserve him like I'm preserving all my artifacts. Just... <laughs> Yeah, everybody did, and I think even one person, because well, like I said, that one guy I watch on Twitch, he plays these level editor. There's people that do level editors of the Tomb Raider games. They design one where he actually comments on that. Okay. <laughs> and they have Laura comment, I'm sorry I locked you in the freezer. For all those times I locked you in the freezer. That was you? <laughs> okay, that was even funny. Know. He's completely blind. Uh, and this one from Mike, Michael Davis. It's just like, I just have this image now of Laura's, Laura's <laughs> butler is like completely insane. He's so old, he's lost his mind, so he can't even tell that Laura's not like her parents. <laughs> just, Mr. Croft, is that you? <laughs> it's me, Laura. <laughs> Mr. Croft, you sound so high-pitched all of a sudden. I don't understand. <laughs> you sound like a bright young man. <laughs> all right. Uh, from, he said, the shark level terrified me as a kid. Still have extreme anxiety with video game oceans. Stu, I didn't know your name was Michael Davis. Yeah. <laughs> I just changed it. I just changed it and then changed it back. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that makes sense. I mean, you're try when you're swimming to the ship, you're trying to you, oh, you don't it. realize at first that you're you're out you're out swimming a shark. Well, I just, also you're I freaking safely assume that level is terrible. That if I'm in the water, there's a like, shark behind me. I think that's a safe assumption to always make, is that a shark is behind me. But also... So how often do you go in the ocean? I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I would. I think I would feel better about being in the ocean with a great white shark, though, than many other sharks. Great white sharks aren't as dangerous as people make them out to be. Is this our whale fact we haven't had in a while? That's not this a whale fact? A, uh, sure, why not? Yeah. This is my <laughs> brief sea fact of, well, 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 what do we have here? I'll see, I'll see you and shell you, son of a beach. That's the name of the title. Um, random animal fact is that mako sharks and tiger sharks are far more dangerous than great white sharks are so if i had the choice between being in the water with a great white shark or like a mako shark great white all the way 
you can pet great white sharks. Big great white sharks will like come up to boats and you can you can pet them. There's videos of people like rubbing the sides of great white sharks. They're like cats. Okay. When I have a cat, I can pet him. He's not going to be able to eat me. I'm not alive at least. I mean, he definitely will. He definitely, if you, if that cat wanted to. If I died, you. but if I'm dead, he can eat all he likes. I don't need it anymore. I'm not going to use my arm. I cat really cares. I think, <laughs> I think it's more about you moving around. <laughs> he just cares if I feed him twice a day. That's why well, he let's cares. Let's face it. Cats are just too lazy to kill us all. That's the only <laughs> reason we're still alive. Like when my alarm goes off in the morning. My cat will come running and jump on the bed and start meowing at me because he knows it's time to get fed. We might have a lot less cats in the future. They, I think, I was reading the other day they uh, they might have found a cure to that cat parasite that makes people love cats. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a, it's called Toxoplasma gondii. It's a real thing. There's a it's a parasite in cats that infects humans and it makes you love cats. I need to look this up. My yeah. mother has seven cats. This is uh, a real thing. Have more if she could. <laughs> It's like a, it's like on like a neglected parasite list, but I was reading something the other day that said uh, they might have found a cure for it. And if that's the case, that means people might stop liking cats as much. <laughs> but hey, cats at least don't make you go. Oh, I can't think of it now. I was I was trying to make a joke about Las Plagas, but I couldn't think of what they said. And all of a sudden, it just jump God. We need Stefan yeah. here. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. All right, I got it. One more question. I or yeah, one more question. I want to or comment. I want to read uh, from Auntie someone from Auntie. You said I was only seven years old when I was playing Tomb Raider two. I loved dinosaurs, but had never seen one in a video game except an educational floppy disk. Uh, you can imagine my face when I descended into the abyss with a flare in hand and a T Rex emerged from the darkness and started to roar. The whole game was such a blast, and the sunk ship of Maria Doria is one of the most immersive spaces I've ever played. I'm trying not to burp during this comment. Um, I mean, again, it has some cool ass levels. Again, this dinosaur, everybody keeps talking about. I don't remember any dinosaur in my playthrough. Because oh, you Sarah. were chicken. <laughs> I wasn't chicken. I was in a rush. I don't got time. You didn't go for any of the secrets, and you missed I, out. Hey, I got the one when I drove through the the little window the with the boat. I got out, grabbed the dragon, got back in the boat. There's like a hundred secrets in the game. Hey, I got the one. I got a couple here and there. What's up? So did any of you guys do the secrets in her mansion? No, I didn't know there were secrets in her mansion. mansion. Yeah, if uh, like if you go outside and go into the hedge maze, there's a switch at the end of it, and you have to run out of the hedge maze as fast as you can and get back into the house. It opens a secret door where you go into the basement. There's a bunch of relics from like the first Tomb Raider game. Oh, that's awesome! That's really cool. That you do, you are supposed to do when you're doing the training level of her home, right? Huh. Cool. I didn't do that either. I the tra- I did the training thing because I thought I had to because I couldn't figure out how to get the game going. That's it. <laughs> but I think we should do chauffeur box. And Stu, why don't you go first? Sure. I am definitely gonna shelve this game. I had a lot of fun with it, despite it being a surprise to me. Um, going back and playing it recently, I, I. I remember this game very differently than it is. Uh, I had that, like, nostalgia glasses on. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being a lot easier. I wasn't expecting the puzzles to be as... Horrible? <laughs> Not Confusing? horrible, but just... Uh, 1997? Required... Look, we were we were a lot more patient back in the 90s. <laughs> we, were all, we all let games get away with a lot more. <laughs> That's something we can all admit. <laughs> yes. 
We were all way more patient. We had way more time on our hands. So it's interesting to go back and play a game like that and just see like how far we've come, especially seeing this compared to like the new games, which I'm going to have to play because I've brought them up now. Um, well, you, know yeah, how, I, you know what to do. I, yeah, well, <laughs> season four, it's going to be three weeks in a row, all three Tomb Raider games. Uh, I'm almost okay with that. <laughs> I, I Don't tip me. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it, though. I forgot like the the sound in this great game. The sound in this game. The sound in this game is fantastic. Just the music overall is so good. And like when you when you're near like a swinging puzzle and you just hear the rope creaking something about that is so like sinister in a way it's got that really creepy vibe like i said this game feels like a survival horror like with the atmosphere and the enemies kind of like disappearing in the fog and running out at you and appearing out at you it's got some actual jump scares in it um so i i really had fun playing it i really had fun like trying to figure out the puzzles as best i could on my own i had to use uh I had to use the walkthrough a couple times, admittedly, but I, I just had a lot of fun going back and like really giving myself a challenge. I wouldn't recommend this game for everybody. If you really want to go back and play like an old school challenging game, definitely check out Tomb Raider. It's definitely going on my shelf. Okay. How about you, Richard? Well, definitely, I would definitely put it on my shelf because I this is an old game I enjoyed and it brings back good memories too old memories too and when you are familiar with the old style of gameplay and that it does come back to you very easily and while i played this more the computer version it still brings back the memories and the storyline and you're used to how how the character looked when they first appeared and it's a good nostalgic field for someone who's seen a character evolve, go in directions that you don't necessarily like, get reimagined, and all that. So you get to see a character's roots. And I put on my shelf, I mean, yeah, there were, and I'm, hell, I made it through Temple of Zion this time round without having to skip the level and slaughtering all those spiders of all hell no size <laughs> so that's an accomplishment <sighs> okay um how about you nikki oh did you say shelf or box yeah i said shelf yeah i said shelf okay i was distracted by the cat that was looking at me i couldn't get him to get off the table so <laughs> 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 oh, speaking of cats he jumped to the table and i was trying to get him off but i couldn't get him to go off and i tried to grab him it didn't work and then i got distracted all right cool that's that's two shelf how about you nikki See, that's a hard one for me to say. I would say if you have the nostalgia for the games, if you played them back in the day, that you should shelf it. It's definitely something great to go back to and, like, you know, re-experience those memories. Because before this, I, like, I was like, oh, I remember, you know, that scene where you fight the dragon at the end and there's, like, yetis and stuff. But I also remembered that, like, you know, I got stuck at that Tibet level for years and I couldn't get past it without cheating. <laughs> so I was afraid that that was going to happen again. You know, but like to actually go back and get through that, do it legitimately without, you know, cheating or messing around, like taking the game serious and now being old enough to know like what you're supposed to do. It's really fun. And it's like a it's a great sense of accomplishment because the controls are not easy to go back to. And a lot of the puzzles are just like very asinine to try to figure <laughs> out, like 
oh, I need to go across uh -huh. the map over here and move these boxes and get this switch before I can get this switch back at the beginning and all of that. But if you've never played them, like, I think you can just miss out on it and stick with the new ones. You're not really missing anything. I don't agree. Want to use <laughs> I completely agree. But would you shelf it or box it? Me, personally, I'd shelf it. Okay. That's what we're looking for. But that's all a good point. I'll go last. I think it's obvious what I'm going to do with this, but I'm actually going to not do obviously. I'm going to put this on the shelf. Really? I will wow. never play it again, but <laughs> I beat it. So I can go over and look and go, you know what? I beat that son of a bitch game. I beat it. I will never touch it again. I will not really recommend it to people, but I beat it. I'm very <laughs> proud that I finished it because I didn't think I was going to beat this game. It was shortly after we started. I started playing it, and we, and we had played this ahead of time, and Stu's in New York. Stefan couldn't get it to load. I'm like, you know, I don't think any of us but Richard are going to beat this game originally. And it was just, and then Stefan couldn't get it to load, period. Because he hadn't, he hadn't actually tried to get it to play again until I think it was like Tuesday of this week. And we're recording on a Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, he ain't going to beat this game in three days. Because he beat Golden <laughs> Sun in two days. I don't know how, but he did. But <laughs> this game is a, like, I would play a level of this game and I would be exhausted mentally. I'm like, I'm done. I cannot play another one right away. It was just. It, even though I had a guide, I'm reading, it just took a lot out of me. It was, but it's not a bad game. It just, I mean, it doesn't, I don't have the nostalgic for it, so I got to see it in all its glory. It is not a bad game. Once I understood how to play it, I understood what I was doing. I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed parts of it. I really enjoyed when the end screen came on and it was done. But, <laughs> and I wish I didn't play it like I was playing Resident Evil and save every single bullet I could because it didn't do, I mean, I, I would have had a much easier time if I understood that, even though I should have known because I was reading the guide. <laughs> but, like, just, and it's not, this is it's your not everything. Moment. Uh, fuck this Fallout. Is hey, Fallout came out the same year as this game, too, by An the way. An old, janky, horrible game that you wouldn't ever recommend to anybody, but you you feel yeah. satisfied in being it, so you're putting it on your shelf. There's Actually, if you look at 1997, there's a bunch of games that we have done at the show that came out that year. That's a big year for games. Yeah. Big, big year. <laughs> We're also nostalgic for that year, I think, too. Well, it's... <laughs> I was four, so I just I played hey, whatever people stopped. got me. <laughs> but, and this is on everything. This is on Steam. This is on PS3. This is on iPhone and iPad, Android yeah. somehow. But so, if you're interested, this sounds. I mean, you can play it. I mean, you just you need a guide and you need to pay attention to kind of what you're doing, and it plays a lot differently. And but it once you get about midway through, it picks up. It starts once you start understanding what you're doing. It can be kind of fun. The levels are too long. I mean, that just. For someone of this day and age, they're longer. I mean, they, they overstay their welcome easily. But again, this is a PlayStation 1 game where if the game would have been too short, they would have got a bad review for being too short. You know, I mean, that was a set of time. So it's going on the shelf, but I never want to see it again. Never. <laughs> never going to play it again. I never want to play any of the original ones ever again now. That's for sure. Hey, the uh, fourth one's okay. <laughs> I do want to play Legend. I want to play Legend. I want to play Anniversary. I want to play th those styles. Please don't make like, us play Anniversary. <laughs> I won't. But I don't ever want to play. I am curious to try anniversary at some point. It's just like, uh, uh, like that's my whole review of anniversary. Uh, I know that right. they merge some levels together and they change some little details. They just, still keep they still keep the cool death. Yeah, like I said, the biggest change is like the introduction of um, quick time events, which I think just kind of. It was that era, but it was the era like it was at the high point where, like for whatever reason, people thought the more, the more quick time events, the better. 
it's so everyone's putting way too era. many in game. I mean, because Tomb Raider Anniversary came out in 2006. Yeah, it's just so many. It's just, just so many. No, 2007. Sorry, 2007. So it's just that era. I mean, that was a big time when everything had quick time events. I mean, Resident yeah. Evil 4 has quick time events. God of War. I mean, it was just that that was what they did a lot. Yeah. I want to point out, I'm not against quick time events. It's just in Tomb Raider Anniversary. It's like the whole boss fight. Like the whole whole boss fights are quick time events. And it's it just kind of ruins Wait. that game in my mind. Not okay. all of them, I think, are, I, from what I've seen of some playthroughs, not all of them are qu are quick time events. Uh, a lot of them are like a mix, but like the yeah mix, yeah yeah. The so Uncharted fights is completely <laughs> Uncharted is good though. Uncharted is yeah. really good. I mean, I like Uncharted, but Uncharted also has non quick time event stuff in it. <laughs> but Uncharted Two is amazing. Yeah, it is okay. But I instead of playing Uncharted, let's just play the better version of Uncharted, Tomb Raider. You pick this Tomb Raider as your Tomb Raider for the show. Yeah, next time I'll pick Tomb Raider 2013. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, wait. That's one more thing. Yes. This game is called Tomb Raider. You don't raid any tombs whatsoever. I think no. there's like maybe two in the entire game. But other than that, there's no tombs. You could argue uh, the Great Wall of China is a tomb. You could argue that that ship was a tomb with all the dead bodies in it. Yeah. <laughs> you were actually sorry. You were actually they, it was a misspelling. You were the tomb maker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were going around making tombs. I mean, she does murder everybody. Yeah, she just leaves tombs in her wake. Yeah, well, if you want to complain about the name, remember that for Super Mario Brothers in the first game, you're only you really only play one brother, and you're not very super. She just game. <laughs> the game should be just called Mario Guy. Yeah, in Legend of Zelda, you don't play Zelda, you play Link. You don't even really learn about the Legend of Zelda. You, they don't introduce the Legend of Zelda until, like, Ocarina of Time. All right. I think it's in time to Tomb Raider, In Rise of the Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider 2013, all the tombs are optional. <laughs> yeah. Except right. for the last, like, 10% of Rise. But up to that point, I never played Rise. Oh, it's so good. It's so much better. I, I love 2013 Tomb Raider, but I think Rise improves upon it in every way, except for one. They removed the uh, like brutal deaths, which I understand some people were against those. I liked them. I thought it gave real weight to failing in that game. Even in this game, some of the deaths were like pretty brutal or obscene. Yeah. And like I liked Fights. that a lot. I thought it was a good little touch. Yeah, it's like it's something they've always like struggled with at. Uh, core and crystal dynamics where they don't know how like brutal the deaths should be because in the first games they were all pretty brutal and then they kind of like tapered off a little bit and then they kind of brought them back tapered off and then fucking 2013 Tomb Raider came out and it was like the most brutal it's ever been and then they tapered off again and then kind of brought them back for shadow they, they just like can't decide where they want to stand on it I don't know some of the deaths in first Tomb Raider were actually kind of cool I mean, yeah. let's face it. Stand on the hand, stand on the hand of Midas, become a gold statue. That's kind of cool. Yeah, right. no, that's that's what I say. Like they were so like they were really good and really powerful in the first games, and then I think in like 2013, like you fuck up and you get impaled by like a jagged piece of metal falling off a plane, and it just it hits you so hard, just like like it's the perfect image for fuck. I fucked up. Oh my god. God damn it. <laughs> They're and trying they to do Dead Space 2. Yeah. No, don't. Oh, that we need to play that someday on the show. And then Rise but, just like fades to black, and you're like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. I'll just reload. <laughs> I, I'm so thankful this game had reloading. I mean, my version would have had it no matter what, but 
Yeah, I would have never seen the end of this game without you know. I mean, like when you were talking earlier about the about the fact that people play this game with no saving and no loading. My God, that's all I gotta say. I was looking up like complete playthroughs of this game to see how again to see how like how quick people can beat it. And I was watching like I've seen like complete playthroughs of people who are beating this game in nine hours, just nonstop getting everything like a full hundred percent run. It's just like what the fuck? That's ridiculous. You have, you have to know everything. You have to know where everything is. Yeah, I've seen a glitchless run that's only like an hour forty five minutes, I believe. Oh without any Yeah. That's and I don't even know the best time. Right, Play games you. longer. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> All right. I think we should introduce what we're talking about next week. I had enough of a tomb rating. So, uh, Mike, we, I'll get, I mean yeah, yeah, Mike, I'll give you a a link to that the playlist for that for the Tomb Raider two no loads, no med. Okay. I can add in the show notes. Yeah, you gotta also do. You didn't even. I don't think you fully introduced us to. to uh, a at the bit. beginning, it happens. It's okay. You said your first name. That's all we need. <laughs> I think I'm gonna screwed everything up. Ah, you're fine. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the podcast. Who was with us this time? <laughs> <laughs> we're starting. We're we're doing it in a completely different format. Where's our trendsetters? The thing is, we could just say it. I could copy it, plug it into the beginning, but I'm not going to. I could. <laughs> I hey, we had, the, we had so many. Tr- we had so much difficulties with this one. So, name <laughs> one other podcast that introduced their guests at the end. I bet you can't. We're the only ones. Uh, I will have you mention. I'm going to have you plug here, but I do want to mention what we're playing next week. Uh, we are playing Aliens Infestation for the Nintendo DS. That is gonna be i already started gonna be interesting so that i'm i'm excited so be you know so stay tuned next week for lots of alien talk because i'm sure they'll be talking about the movies because it's us (laughs) it's us we're the aliens (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you're impregnating anybody through their mouth so you know i hope not at least (laughs) (laughs) we do talk a lot though (laughs) all right so and uh, I think before we wrap up, since you are a guest, Richard, do you want to plug? you have any, anything you want to plug? I've got tons of things I could plug, but I do have a YouTube channel. It's still very small. I've still got to really get a proper name for it because I'm, I only start, I started, short, you know, as part of something to do after my wife passed away. But I do a ton, bunch of playthroughs on it. And uh, in the past week, I've uploaded uh, at least a level for Tomb Raider 2. I started a playthrough, putting up a playthrough of I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream. As well this was almost as... on the show. Yes, you <laughs> <Yeah>. told me. <laughs> it was. You'll it was have to get we lost, DJ. Well, you should get up there for next Halloween time. It is a perfect game for around that time. I also put up one for, I think I finished up a Mist 3 Exile playthrough. Also and, was almost uh, on the show. Which game? Mist 3. What the uh, fuck are you going to make it play Mist 3 for? I don't know. I you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I secretly want us to fail. <laughs> I'll just be reading what to do. It won't be too bad for me, but, you know. But I have a uh, bunch of others that I've been playing through, and I do, like, uh, at least once every 10 days, I put up an, a playthrough of Monstrum. Fun little game to play. Always a new experience. And I also have a bunch of stories that I have up, up on fanfiction.net archive of our own and even up on comic vine and a good portion of them are uh 
game related. In fact, uh, I am working, I've been working on some based off Sierra games, like a story I've called The Modern Day Casanova, which is an adaptation of Leisure Suit Larry. And oh yeah, it's, it, it has the appropriate humor in it, too. Nice. <laughs> I actually own that entire series of Larry Suit, Leisure Suit Larry games now. You do? Why? And they were $2 on, on, a, on a fanatical sale, so I okay, bought well, the whole set. That is why. <laughs> I also have uh, a very popular story up there called From Their Eyes, which is an adaptation of Shadow of the Colossus. And I have, it's gotten a, a lot of praise, especially for the unique viewpoint as I've never played the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people love it. That was like our, what, 14th episode? 14th like? episode, yep. Did I guess that? Did I really guess that right? Right, yeah, it's 14th. Holy shit. Yeah. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Not in a galaxy far, far away. God, it's, I can't believe we've been doing this for this long. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy, but I can't believe it sometimes. I look back and go, what? But That's my reaction to no matter what I'm doing, no matter how long I'm doing, I'm just like, I can't believe I've been doing this this long. I'll be making a cup of tea in the morning, and it'll be like two minutes. I'm like, I can't believe I've spent two minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I'll definitely get all those li- I'll get uh, as many of those links I can to you, Mike. Okay, I'll add a, I can add them in the, in the back, in the bottom. And also want to give a quick shout-out before I forget. To our awesome intro, courtesy of Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from his EP, Fight the Bullet, Song Cool Kid Squad. You didn't have Nick, Nicky ma- mention anything. I don't think he has any. I asked him beforehand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just to check it instead of having that awkward, I don't have anything. Oh, okay. I did that before, so. <laughs> I just checked it beforehand, now. I know you <laughs> Usually you do it to me and Stefan. Anything to wrote, we're like, I no. I did early on, then I realized, well, there's no point. <laughs> we would tell you if we had something to promote. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's we've been recording for yeah. <laughs> Might have forgotten if he said that. Yeah. Two hours and twenty-three minutes, right around there. <laughs> Nobody's counting. Just the guy editing. Only, he's counting. I can only <laughs> promise the audience so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can promise this will be. This is one of our longest episodes. There are three 1997 games that we have canceled. I just realized <laughs> on the on the on our on our list. Yeah, we, we dropped one. I can't remember why. We dropped what another two of them. We dropped. We were going to do Ace Combat 2. We dropped that. Oh, that's, that's a good thing. Because uh, we none of us could get it to work. I didn't try. I was just okay with it. You agreed to get rid of it. I, I'm worried about mentioning the second one because like, I can't remember if we dropped it. I think we did. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I can, we can say it anyway. Did we drop Last Express? I think we did. Nope. It's on the list. Oh, it's still on the list? Okay, we're still yeah. doing that. Spoiler alert, we're doing Last Express eventually. So, yeah, show. eventually, for the three people that know what that game is. <laughs> I say even though I'm the one who picked it, and I'm excited to play it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've learned that you, at least you're not trying to torture me again with something that I'm like, oh, no. Uh, one shit, we'll is another see. one from 1997, too. Were we going to play Sonic R? Were we talking about playing that one? Never officially, I don't think. We're talking about doing Sonic Chronicles, and we dropped that. And I thought we were like very briefly. We we're like, we're gonna play Sonic R, and then we dropped that. Sonic Chronicles is just ridiculously has problems. Yeah. One, yes. the emulators don't work. You have to play the legit game, and that game is fucking hard. Good, but hard because if you fail a special move, yeah, good luck. The real crime is how we haven't played Diddy Kong Racing yet. I'm okay with that. That's a good game. Ooh, Bushido Blade was a '97 game. We gotta play that. All right, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I was waiting to see if we're not going anywhere. So, if you know any 1997 games you want us to play, send it in to something something at my games are not found. Or on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. People did say some guy sent me 
a Spotify list for Golden Sun on yeah. Facebook. I did get that. I did read it. I did listen to it. So, so help me God, if you recommend a game from 1998, we will ban you for life. No, Only 1997 <laughs> recommendations. Oh, God. So, yeah, please follow us on all the social media. And, again, if you're, if you're still listening to us somehow at, the, at this point in the episode, I was going to mention this earlier, <laughs> but I forgot to. Um, I mean, please, go through our list. We've done lots of different games. We do different movies. We do different comics. You might see something you didn't know. And, again, spread us like the T-Virus. Let other people know that's the best way to support us because we're getting closer and closer to, I mean, we're, we're starting, you know, people are starting to get some traction. You know, there's a lot of people out there listening. Hell, there's people in Australia that are listening to us. And if you are still listening, McLeod's Daughter is a pretty good show. If you have any idea what I'm talking about, you might if you're from Australia. But somebody got that reference, maybe. Maybe. That's a long shot, though. But I want to thank everyone. Have a wonderful day. And thank you guys for coming on Games My Mom Found. And everyone, have a, a wonderful night, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.